Welcome in, everybody, to the Power Option Podcast. Just running the damn ball from west to east. Back here again for week 11. Interesting week. A lot of stuff to, to talk about. Some great games. Garrett, how are you? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. We're starting to get a narrow focus. We got two full weekends of college football left here. We're heading to the headed to the downtime real quick. It, it takes a long time to get here, and then it goes through real quick. But uh, it's still, it's been a good year, and the playoffs are going to be super interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, this has been a great, great year for, to, to end the four-team, even though we're not really ending it, we're just expanding it, but but to, to round out the four-team era, um, this is a really good, we didn't, it wasn't, it hasn't been total SEC dominance or anything, there's been teams, we're going to see a real nice mix-up at the end, uh, we'll talk about Michigan obviously later, but but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great uh, end of this year. And I'm and I'm normally not a big guy for the bowl season. I'm mostly salty about it, but I am actually excited about bowl season this year too. Maybe I'm just a little sad that the season's coming to end, so I'm going to watch more. But it's going to be a good time bowl season. Not only are you the most sad person about. Sad, just upset about bowl season that I know. I think you're the only one I know that truly just thinks of bowl season's a waste of time. It's, so yeah, I, I guess I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I think most I think most people are like, eh, it's more football. The season goes by so quickly. Um, and I, I I thought about it watching the watching the season so closely, like this year, because even though this is the second year we've done it, this is the first time we've really done it beginning through right right like we really got Um, in this year i agree yeah and so i'm just like i just i've been paying so much more attention yep that it feels like it feels both like it was longer and it's faster yeah no totally yeah i'm I'm with you that's exactly that's exactly how i feel like that's and i think that's why i'm excited about bowl season because it's it's making me sort of this year we really dug in and it's making me just want to just keep getting as much as i can uh, and sure, although, sure. like I said, we have some great games to talk about. I know you know what I want to talk about. Uh, um, I'm sure I know what you want to talk about. But before we get to that, okay, all right. I have one thing I want to talk about. Okay. Um, and then we can talk about the week, and then we can talk about rankings. We'll just do the week, and then we'll do the rankings yeah. uh, there. But is it one thing I want to talk about real quick? There. Since when we talked before and now, there has been one, two, three, four, four new <clears> openings <throat> for coaches in college football. The yep. carousel has begun. Yes. And so I just want to mention them real quick. We don't have to talk about them for a long time because it's really early in the process. But I just want to mention them real quick. Number one, Jimbo Fisher was finally fired. He's going to be paid $77 million dollars. Uh, through 2031 uh, to be really unsuccessful in in the games part of college football while being very successful in the recruiting part. Yeah, which is just a, such... Well, let's get through the rest of them and then, because that's what I want to okay. talk about. But then, let's get all through right. the rest of them. Yes. Then we'll break it down. Okay, let's go through all of them. Yes. So we still have the Michigan State job open. Mel Tucker, who was fired in September, not uh, a bad we've spot added, to You know, we've added uh, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State was fired after his first full season after taking over for Mike Leach 
He was in a tough situation. That's just difficult. Uh, David Braun at Northwestern was actually given the full-time head coach job after almost getting Northwestern to bowl eligibility. Which is insanity after after the start of their year. Yep, I think he earned it. I think that was a pretty good good pick. Definitely. Uh, Andy Avalos at Boise State was fired after a really underwhelming year. Um, And not... Not doing great things there anyway. They're not. It's not what they were used to out there. Uh, so, yep, Andy Avalos fired at Boise. So, uh, yeah, that's not what they're used to. It was a. It's been an odd. Not although not a te- like not as destructive as I thought. Boise State of years is that we're gonna have. Like it started and I was like worried. It's been better than I, I think overall expected. But yeah, that's not. I mean, those they like they like to win up there in Idaho. So they're not. They usually don't mess around. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where it's like that's not really a credit to him. That's a good football team. They shouldn't have been as bad as they were any part of the season. So the fact that he got him looking normal at some point, it's just like, ah, you've really fucked up. Right, Um, (laughs) right. And finally, uh, Brady Hoke is going to retire at the end of the year at uh, San Diego State. That's, I, I, you know, I, the retirement, good that you can retire, not getting fired, walk off into the sunset and have some time with, I don't know, I don't know what he's plans on doing, but that seems like a nice thing. San Diego State um, is going to continue to be a pretty below average team, uh, but hopefully this is an opportunity and maybe there's, maybe there's some mix of a guy or a young coordinator out there that's going to get a start at, C- at San Diego State and, and start to mix things up, but, you know, whatever. I can't, I can't say that the old Aztecs are going are gonna to be that much better regardless next year. Well, th- here's the problem. There's no reason that they can't be Tulane. There's no reason. Like, they have a great new facility that's built out there. Uh, They've got true. resources. Yeah. California's a great place to be in uh in the winter months to play football um they're going to stay in the mountain west also announced today that oregon state and washington state have signed a scheduling agreement with the mountain west for the next two years Mm -hmm. uh so that they'll have somebody to play and they won't just be totally independent even though they won't be independent because the pac-12 will exist but that being said san diego state's going to get to stay in the area play the same kind of teams uh, they they have every they have every resource to be decent. There's no reason that they have to be bad. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and I guess that's cool. I didn't think about the Tulane aspect of, of things, but that yeah, that I'm I'm hopeful um, that that that's the type of story that they could you know they can produce any any school and especially a I'm going to say this out loud and I hope that I'm right, especially a Mountain West school. Um, yeah, can you know start to just get their th- you know get things together? Um, that's interesting. Obviously, you know we've talked about New Mexico State a bunch this year, which is an interesting sort of case of that. Yep. Um, so yeah, sure. I think I think that's uh, you know any time for a new beginning, um, especially especially as we move into um, a different sort of shakeup. Not so much in the Mountain West, but still you know a shakeup of things um, as we go into next year and stuff. Like maybe this is an opportunity. And and look, I I, I can hardly imagine that it's it's tough from a living perspective to be at San Diego state, you know, it's a pretty, it's gotta be a pretty gorgeous campus and, and just a great time down. I mean, San Diego is one of my, one of my favorite places to go in the country. And so, um, it's not a place that can't be sold for sure. So hopefully, you know, maybe if they can become Tulane, like that's, I think that's huge. So that would, and I think that that's a great, that's a great bar for them to potentially turn into. So hopefully that's the case, but there's uh, no reason that, 
that San Antonio UTSA is going to be good over extended years right. or Troy right. and that San Diego State can't be, you know. Right, exactly, exactly. So, you can, you know, there's guys. There's guys out there that, that'll that be around for for four years or whatever, and then you can start to, you know, they, they like you said, they have a bunch of nice facilities and stuff. Like San Diego State, in theory, could be Fresno State, you know, a mountain, of the Mountain West. Could oh, be UNLV, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Sure. So, so that's not bad. I mean, that, that could happen. So, but the real thing to talk about is Jimbo's bitch ass getting fired. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and now I was talking about this with a buddy earlier, and I'm I want to give I want to give Texas A and M and Jimbo a pass. I was never a fan of Jimbo at Florida State, but that's I think that's more just a personality thing. I just just don't like him generally um but that's just me just being a shallow grumpy old guy or not even an old guy just a shallow grumpy person um and if you think about the Florida State years like he had he won a national championship on and he did it with James Winston but it wasn't he it wasn't like it wasn't like Gene Chizik and Cam Newton it was a that Florida State team was a built team it was a put together team um, and I think, and like, it was, it was like, they had a good defense. It was, it was an all together team. And so I don't, I think at the time that the deal was made, when Texas A&M got Jimbo, they were making, they were making a, a, a solid decision. You know, we could be, we potentially could have seen this build into what Ole Miss is right now. Also a coach that I hate, but a good example. Uh, like we, they could, Texas A&M and Jimbo could have been done. They, Texas A&M at the time of making the deal with Jimbo did, I think, have a solid case for saying this is a good, this is a good guy. This is somebody who can, who can maybe propel us up the SEC. And I'm okay, I'm okay with that. And I think that I should give Texas A&M and Jimbo some more credit than I have been. Um, but the, the where we are now, obviously, is the implosion of it all. Like you said earlier, he's a great, he's a great recruiter um, in his time, but not a great winner his time which seems kind of crazy and then the 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 deal how this deal worked out for texas a&m and them wanting to get out of it so badly and willing to spend 77 million just to fire a guy and they're going to be paying him until 2031 so this isn't even just a, we got the bill done now like this is in debt deal and they got to go find a new guy like my question for you is is what who of the who of these two entities a&m or jimbo had the bigger blow up and what contributed more to the overall blow up of the school, just poor decision-making from it, from the school or Jimbo, just not getting his coaching abilities to the level that they needed. Cause I think somebody's well, at fault. It's, well, here's, here's what I think the whole trick on this whole thing is, is that if you pull, if you scroll way back and you zoom way out, having a potentially top 20 team, every year at Texas A&M University is fine. It's good. Yeah. You could keep a coach for a very long time doing that. Right. However, you can't keep a coach for a very long time doing that, that you basically gave this much money. Right. right. This much money is the amount of money that you have to play. You have to be playing for SEC in SEC championship games. You have to really get close to getting to the playoffs like you have to for this much money. Now, if they hired anybody else 
and they didn't pay that much money and they got 45 and 25 in six seasons, it would be fine. Now, they would want more, but it wouldn't be a a push to fire him. You'd go, look, we got a good, you know, you you might still fire him because if you have the kind of classes that they've had recruiting, you probably want more. The problem is, the thing is, I don't know if you deserve more. Like, considering how well he recruits there, a lot of it's just because there's so much oil money available to boosters and stuff. Um, but the fact that you can recruit so well means that you really need to turn that into... Like, you shouldn't be getting passed up by Missouri. Like, Missouri, you should have had, you should have the same kind of season that Missouri's had right. more than once right. with that kind of talent. And and that kind of ability. But as true. a university, in general, there's no reason for Texas A&M University to be anything more than... North Carolina mm-hmm. or anything more than Utah. Texas Tech or Utah or uh, Maryland. Right, yeah. There's no reason for them to be necessarily any better. No reason for them to be better than Penn State. Right. right quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. Right. So in the grand scheme of things, you pay, you, you, you overpaid a coach that that probably took someone else's talent and won a national championship in Florida State. And shouldn't have been in a position where he needed to leave Florida State. All right. You know, Florida State's the the the, the most. It's the most. Like when, it, especially at the time he was there, the brand was like the most. Mm-hmm. So if you can't take that further, how are you going to build a powerhouse at Texas A and M? How are you going to do that? You're just not. Not in the not in the Saban era, and maybe not in the Smart era. Like you're going to need somebody to step down. So. I just think it was a bad fit. The trouble that they're going to have is whoever they're going to bring in probably isn't going to recruit as well. And so if they do this same thing, it's going to be with their talent. They could overcoach their talent and take Texas A&M to where they should be, and people are going to be upset and want more. Quite honestly, there's no reason for Ole Miss to be consistently better than them. And Ole Miss is consistently better than them. Right. And I think that's where they want to be, is they want to be where Tennessee and Ole Miss is yes. until Alabama changes. Yeah, yeah, I think <clears throat> I think definitely, and that's why they – they made the call, and so I I under I understand why all of these things, yeah, why all these things happen. And you're right, and maybe maybe Jimbo had a little bit more oomph when they hired him than he deserved, uh, you know. But but I think there there was you know, if it wasn't going to be him, it could have been a bunch of other guys who I would have thought similarly of, um, you know. And and they could have you know maybe they got the maybe they get Texas A&M slightly higher, but. Um, but it's it's very likely that, like you're saying, like they probably they want to be the Tennessees and Ole Misses of the SECs. But they're yeah, they they're not they ha- they have in my lifetime they've never really been that school, um, and, and at least my college football lifetime. Um, and and so I think they they want to do that, and they're going to keep paying guys, I guess, until they can they can get it done. Which kind of makes me think that they're the culprit here versus it being Jimbo again, again he was a good recruiter and stuff and and but he's also the coach and he and he's it's a serious it's like he's regularly 
underwhelming um, in the games that I've watched of A&M over the course of the time that he's been there. There's been a lot of moments where it's like you guys have some absolute weaponry and nothing is happening offensively or defensively, def- defensively like it should. And it's just simple to say. So I, 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 I think I'm of the mindset that A&M really just uh, they really fucked this one up. Um, and Jimbo is not that, but I, I want to give them at least a little break and, and like at the time, even if Jimbo did have a little bit of umph from the team that he got from somebody, I still think it was a reasonable enough thing for them to do. The money is the craziest part. And I don't know, but I don't know if they needed to even give him that much money to get him there. Like you're saying he was leaving. Why even leave that Florida state team at that time? Uh, but yeah, it just seems it just this whole thing is 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 as funny as I was hoping and as ridiculous as I was hoping. But it is just wild to think like how this whole thing has worked out over the time. Yeah, but here, here's here's why I can't really pin it on the universe. I mean, you, I think you can pin the overpaying. They thought they were getting something better than they were. Yeah. Right? I, I get it. Like we've all done that. But here's here's what A and M provided. A and M provided a place where Jimbo could recruit top five talent every year. And at a certain point, once you have the ingredients, if you can't cook it. Then it's the chef's problem. Right. The the owner can make sure that there's money and can make sure the ingredients come in. But eventually somebody's got to cook it and put it in front of customers. And what was getting cooked put in front of customers wasn't as good as the men is as the ingredients. And that's directly Jimbo. Nobody else. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's very true. That, that is very true. I don't know. It's been just wild to see that it happened. I was I was I was talking all that trash. I've been talking all that trash this whole year about about him getting fired. The, old miss old miss texas a&m episode we could go back to but it's it's interesting right. how the whole thing gets down it's almost uh and now that a&m has almost got a uh, bobby bonilla deal going just because of this craziness that yeah. they've done so yeah. yeah here's the other thing like like i'm not saying this is not a lot of money but they had to pay like 18 million up front and again this is a school that's heavily tied to the oil industry they all, a lot of alumni are oil magnates as right. long as the price per gallon of, of, of oil is good, they're so rich, they can cover it. Right. And then they split the rest up over seven, eight years, seven or eight years. So it's, somebody's put it this way. It's like, it was like them taking an interest-free uh, loan uh, for a while. And because schools love to hide their expenses and they need to make it seem like they spend more money than they do so they can pretend they don't make a big profit, this isn't going to even be a big deal. They're not going to feel the hurt of this after a couple of years. Now, if they start piling them on, if they start stacking them up, they will. But they, they're in the money realm where this is just not a big deal. You got They want wins. So, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's good. They wouldn't have... They probably would have held on longer if it was going to be a big problem with the money. So here we are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Bye bye, Jimbo. Watch so. him go to Clemson. <laughs> Watch Dabo go to go to A and M. Watch that. Right. Dude, there's a lot. There's a lot of conversation <laughs> about who was going to take that job. Um, I just saw a post online uh, from a from a paper in Texas that was like Dion's got to be the number one target. That, so I heard started I, that. Yep. Yep. I've, I, that yeah. that is the exact conversation that. I had earlier. Exactly the yep. thing. But I I already started. I know. I, and I would have I would have some some seriously lost. I already have pretty low faith in in A and M at this point. But if they if they convinced if they convinced 
prime to come over after after this year, which was had been a great year by Colorado standards. When prime left to go to that, I'm like, it's going to be a straight tire fire. I believe that. Oh, look, in my heart. Yeah. Look, so, look, look, Deion Sanders is, 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 is his brand is almost as big as it can be in coaching right now. Now, obviously, if they'd have made this move week three, Deion's brand would have been the top brand in the nation, right? right. Um, but it would have been too early to make the move, so I don't think it would have mattered. But now, even though Dion's brand is luster, you know, the luster, is, the shine has come off of it a little bit, we're still back to the beginning of the season when it was like, hey, people, people, the, the people that... The people that re, that thought they understood, because there was people that are like, Dion's there, he did so so good, they're going to win nine games, right? You get you got to throw those people out. Like reasonable people are like, look, this is a three win team the because of their line, the defensive line and offensive line, right? So, in to to all of that, they're going to be a little bit better than expectations at the end, right? But they're going to be really close to expectations, but it doesn't feel that way right doesn't feel like they're so tight to expectations it feels like they did better than expectations right and so that's going to go a long way in his value so his value is still as good as it can be when he's got to have to prove that he can last now in the big i mean he's going to the big 12 it's going to be easier the big 12 is going to be a much easier conference yeah than the pac 12 right. that he's in right now right so he's going to have every opportunity, but if he fails at that point, the luster is going to be gone. Like he gave himself a big challenge, which I respect the hell out of, because if you go to Colorado and you you sl- you, you whimper into nothing, then your next job is going to have to be a G five job. It's going to have to uh, right. Be, you know, Sam Houston State, or so you're gonna you're gonna have to take a nobody job and build that into something, and that just puts him behind right. for a few years. And I don't think he wants to be behind. I think he wants to be in commercials and be the biggest guy in the game. And you have to be at relevant jobs to do that. Right? Um, could they could they make that hire? God, of course they could make that hire. I know for sure that there are alumni right now that are putting some of the money in that says, okay, great, go get Deion Sanders. What do we got to do? What do we got to pay him? Right. But then there's other reasonable people that are like, look, we don't know yet, and we can't afford to buy him out at the number you want to pay to get him. Right, right, yeah. Right. And, and, so, and, and effectively at this point, we he's he looks worse than they than Jimbo did at the time that they got Jimbo. So it's like you got we got to like yeah. I hope that they're saying to themselves, give it time, and I hope Prime is saying to himself, I'm going to finish this Colorado thing. Because Colorado, I, I, I don't think Prime gives a shit about finishing the Colorado. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know think if he, he does gives either. a shit. I don't know if he does either. And I'm. I. I. I think you're probably right. But I hope that's what he's. I hope that he's like. Because another two years, you know, and he gets three years total, and they're and they're bowl eligible next year, and then like interestingly up at the top of the Big Twelve the third year, then he's able to he's still going to be prime. Everybody's still going to love him, and he's going to be able to say, "Hey, I built something here." Then he's going to be able to like go to get a, a version of this A and M job, and like. There's, I'm not gonna have a huff about it. I think everybody will be like, well, yeah, you you got you you got to get him, pay the man while you're while you're doing it because he's done this he's done this thing, you know. But but I think you're you're right. If somebody somebody wants to pay him a lot of money to be at a sexy school, Prime's probably gonna do that. Yeah, I I yeah he like not that he is against doing the work. I don't want to knock the man because he's really built things, but. 
not, I don't think that he's against doing the work, but I think if you if you told him like, look, instead of you having to build this new thing in Colorado that could take you two more years, here's something you don't have to build at all. Right. You do not have to build anything at Texas A&M. Yeah. All you have to do is build a winning culture. Right. Which he's absolutely good at. Yeah. Like that's a, the, the problem is t- Texas A&M might be a perfect pairing. It might be the absolute best pairing that you can think of because they just need somebody that is, exudes winning and makes Texas A&M football a big deal and makes cameras want to be there. Yeah. Like, that's all they need. They have the infrastructure. They can get players. They've got money. They, they get marquee games. They get on television. He's got an opportunity to beat the biggest names in the game. It's a perfect fit. I I would not fall over shocked if it happened. If at the end of the season Deion Sanders is like Texas A&M made me an offer they can't I can't refuse because they can they can they can pay him any number they can just close their eyes and write a number on a piece of paper and slide it across the table at him, and so I wouldn't be shocked that like let let's pull let's pull all the way away from this for a second. Texas A&M University and Colorado. Obviously, Texas A&M is a better job than the Colorado job. Right. And it could be a better that job than the Colorado job for the next five years. Right. Right? Right. So, like, how would any sane person not go, yeah, I, I know y'all want me to finish the job here in Colorado, and I get it, but that job is a top is a top eight job in the country, and this is a top 40 job in the country. I've got to make this place a top eight job in the country. That job already is. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I, I, and you're, and I, and Prime is, I think Prime is liable to, to I, 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 I agree with you. I would not fall over shocked. It's a, yeah, it's a great gig. You get to just, you get to, you get to paint the picture in whatever lines you decide. Uh, and like, and that's got to be, and the level of comfort that that must bestow upon a, on a, coach has got to be very nice and calming at least to some point uh i just i just think if it happens like that it's gonna be a tire fire oh yeah look it's it's hard for it not to be at you know like at least initially but again i think he's got so much goodwill that they'll be so excited to have him come in there they've got you know they still got two they've got two five-star recruits and 11 four-star recruits they're a top 15 texas a&m top 15 recruit job so far colorado's not bad they're 29th they've got a five-star <laughs> and three three-stars but if but the the person that could make a bunch of people flip and go to to texas a&m yeah where they sanders. already have a great recruiting profile is deon sanders True. like it's just it's. I think it's a no-brainer. I think that there's no reason, except I guess maybe some his kid can't transfer again, and he's playing another year. That could be the thing that makes him stay. Yeah, is his his kid, right? And that's the variable I don't know about. I think he's got another year. I think he probably wants to stay. I don't think he. You. He, uh, yeah, he can't really transfer again and play right away. Uh, but I, I still think that if they if they just brought out the wheelbarrow of money, I don't think he says no. Yeah, I don't. You're you're not wrong, but it'll. I just think it, it gets it gets ugly. But you know, I, the the madness would be okay. And I'd like to if if Prime, if if this means Prime runs around the SEC and makes a bunch of people uncomfortable with wins, like you know maybe they're maybe they're just a bowl team. I mean, which would still be pretty good for them um, with Prime. But like maybe they're still a bowl team. But he. Um, 
but he like he yeah he makes it he not he gets a he gets a Bama win. I don't know what side they're on, but he gets you know a Bama win or a Georgia win or a LSU win and. And maybe two of those or something. And then, you know, makes people's lives really uncomfortable where everybody's going to have to think similar to maybe how, to like what Mizzou um, is doing this year. I say Mizzou, but they haven't really played a whole bunch of gangsters out here. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like they could, that could, situation could, could rough some, ruffle some feathers, which I'd be okay with. Like any, any more mix up from the top of the SEC, I'd be, I'd be down with too. Yeah, it's fine. Look, he took the Colorado job so that he could get a job like the Texas A&M it's job. It's very true. So even though it's a little faster than maybe he's thinking, that's what he did this for. That's what it's about. Yeah. So, But maybe he's just like, you know what? Maybe the, he just thinks maybe the Michigan job comes open because Harbaugh uh, decides to go back to the NFL. Or maybe the LSU, or the, U, the USC job comes open because uh, Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL. Like he Maybe he's even got bigger fishes that he's looking for and so he can just like I can wait I got bigger jobs I can get which is also potentially true so yeah and we're all of this but just because Jimbo got fired hell I know I know I know but that's a pretty big deal I mean that's a look again that's a top 10 job it really is the money is the money it's very true you get to play you get to play with the 12th man behind you it's a thing yeah yeah it's legit so all right, let's talk about week 11, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Uh, quick, just a quick moment, uh, shout out to the listeners. Uh, in our first little segment there, I apologize if my, my daughter was rattling your ears a bit. She, uh, she, didn't, uh, she didn't love me talking about college football right now. So I think, uh, I think she's settled. I think she, she's down. I think she's with us on the Jimbo hate. So, like, I think we're all good. I, but uh, apologize if your ears were rattled there at the beginning. Well, here's the thing. I didn't hear her this time. Well, that, so that's good. We're, 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 we're getting there. Yeah. Maybe the Jimbo, the Jimbo conversation really settled her down. <laughs> All, right. All right. Into the games. Uh, All right. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, this was a, I think, a Thursday game. Or this is an early week. Uh, maybe it was Wednesday. I think they do Wednesday, Thursday games. Um, the Mac do now this time of year. Yeah, so Ohio many. got their seventh win against Buffalo, twenty to ten. Shout out Bobcats, man! They're really, they're really doing. They're, they're looking okay. I thought that they were at the beginning of the year. I think when we talked that they were pretty much they were projected to be the best team in the Mac. Or I mean, it was going to be them or Toledo or something. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, I think they, I think yeah. they've. Um, kind of fallen off from that, you know, maybe like saying the best team, but they've they've built themselves into a pretty uh, a pretty good team. So coming in the end, and Buffalo is not exactly squad of the year either, but solid win from them, and they've been pumping them out, get their seventh win, looking pretty good for the back season. Yeah, uh, I think yeah they they're super talented and. Um, yeah, they're super talented, and they really should have uh, probably done more. And they, they were up there, but uh, unfortunately they didn't do it. And uh, because some of the games have already happened, I'll just go ahead and announce now that uh, because they... Let's see what happened earlier this week. Oh, 30, uh, you're talking uh, about their, their played, game? Yeah, they played Central Michigan. Yeah, so they played Central Michigan and won. However, Miami of Ohio, who... One on Friday to go to eight and two and nineteen to zero win over Akron. They also won this week, and so they locked a position in the MAC championship game. So the MAC championship game is locked in. Miami of Ohio versus Toledo 
in Ford Field. Well, there you go. That's going to be. I mean, so I think Toledo's going to going to get it done uh, for the match. I think so too. too. But Miami of Ohio, also another team, I was not. Yeah, uh, Miami has no joke. Yeah, they're but they're yeah they're the real the real deal. So that's cool. And yeah, in Ohio, I, I think Ohio wanted to be on that side of the East when we were talking at the beginning of the season. I I thought I thought it was going to be a little bit. It was going to be them getting closer, but you know, five and two in conference, eight and three so far this year with their win against Central Michigan. Um, you know, pretty solid year. I think maybe a little disappointing for where they probably thought they were going to be at the end of the year, but hell of a hell of a squad, Miami of Ohio, which is just not a thing I've I've said many times in my life. Yeah, well, hey, top twenty-five adjusted uh, EPA defense in the country. Um, they're eightieth on offense. Toledo is eighteenth and twenty-second. Um, so Toledo's serious business, by far the best team in the MAC, one of the best teams in the country. But uh, it was a good run for Ohio. They're going bowling, um, along with at least you know three other three other teams and maybe one more. There's two more teams, three more teams that have an opportunity to go bowling in the MAC. So good season out of the MAC. Yeah, solid. Uh, solid they they're probably going to be the second best group of five. Uh, which yeah, fine. Yeah, good. yeah, good. Whatever. I love it. Love some. Love some directional Michigan. Love Toledo being good. I, I like it. I like Mac football, so yep. this is good. Yep. Also, uh, that was earlier last week, Bowling Green got their sixth win against Kent, and Toledo got their ninth win against Eastern Michigan. Uh, yep. The the good teams covered uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, easy. easy. There, so. Yeah, did everything they needed to. Yeah. But they were playing some bad teams, yeah. All three of the, all three yeah. of the teams that lost were not uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Eastern Michigan is okay. They're um, okay, yeah. But other than that, yeah, not great. Uh, Louisville beat uh, Virginia 31-24 to to get their ninth win, 6-1 in the ACC. Still have hopes to maybe make it to the ACC championship game. They're not locked in, but they very likely, uh, and depending on what they do, have some outside playoff hopes. Yeah, which is, I mean, yeah, if they, you, have, you have a game where you – you could potentially, you know, they have Miami this week coming up and then Kentucky after that, which is outside of conference, so that's okay. And then, well, I mean, yep. they got to win it to get in the playoff, but still that's a little less stress, I guess, from the ACC thing. But then, yeah, you might catch Florida State, and I think Florida State – I'd like to think Florida State's legit. Um, I really like this Florida State team. I'm happy they're good. But the with how the ACC has been throughout this year, like it, this is the – this is one of the conferences. I mean, this is happening all over the college football scene, but ACC is one of those conferences that I I think everybody, you know, the top five, definitely, and then and then we had flames of Duke and Clemson, even BC and Miami at points throughout the year that that like they could be anybody above them, you know. So it's really a solid mix. Louisville has been playing in a way that I could see, I could see them beating Florida State. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Florida State. Yeah, Louisville's top 10 defense in adjusted EPA in the country at 9, 45th on offense. The ACC is is okay. Not super strong, um, but good. Florida State is good, uh, 27 and 18 in offense and defense. Uh, they're still the best team in the conference by far, but absolutely could get beat by Louisville. But yeah, Louisville's got stuff to play for. That, that rivalry game is going to be no joke at the end of the year, and then conference championship. Uh, will be no joke either. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Louisville, very uh, interesting team. <laughs> yep, SMU 45, North Texas 21. SMU undefeated in the American and 8-2. and two. 
Yeah, this the SMU. I th- the t- we have Tulane at the top, um, nine yep. and one overall, but six and zero. And then SMU six and zero in conference, and UTSA six and zero conference. Uh, I think with yep. how the tiebreaker and everything, with how it's going to work out, it should be as long as SMU finishes the right, remainder of the season winning, um, that they'll it'll be a Tulane SMU conference title. Now, I, weeks ago, I would have said like Tulane's going to be pretty definitive in the in the AC, you know, in the American, because I, I, they just really felt like over the course of this year, they really felt like they were they've been able to do everything that they wanted to, at least at least in regards to how the American has worked out. But SMU is doing some stuff here at the end of this year. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to keep saying building, but like we're kind of seeing a, a, an SMU squad that is that I, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't really know how they were going to be at the beginning of this year, but they've really like turned into a team that I think is pretty solid and dangerous, especially I'm looking at this game. Um, the running back situation was – the running back contribution was huge uh, for this game. Jalen Knighton uh, had 129 yards rushing, and LJ Johnson had 106 yards rushing. So with performances like this game SMU had against North Texas and, and other games that they've had, you know, the other six games that they've – the other five games that they've had in conference, like this is a pretty scary SMU squad against – that could potentially run up against a too late squad that is, I think has proven throughout the year how good they are. Yeah, I mean, uh, SMU is uh, 38th in offense, 11th in defense. They've come on strong. They were 0.21 EPA per play against North Texas, which is the 81st percentile, held uh, North Texas to negative 0.01. They pretty much dominated North Texas most of the game. Offense is starting to get rolling. They're very good. Uh, if all three of those teams – so uh, Tulane plays U, uh, UTSA. Uh, oh, UTC so that'll Antonio, be it. Who's the other see, yeah. team? So, so the winner of that game uh, is going to have a good shot, even though both teams have a game in between. Um, the winner of that game, and then uh, SMU has Memphis and Navy. Uh, Memphis is it's at Memphis. That's no that's no joke, but it's the kind of game you need to win if you want to uh, play for the conference championship and a good, a very good conference, the American. Yeah. Um, the top half of the conference is solid team, top 40 teams, right. uh, the top half of the conference and then Navy, uh, on Thanksgiving, um, well, and SMU's year and SMU has every, every business being there. SMU very likely is the second best team in the conference. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Memphis is very good. I mean, Memphis is not a joke. And let's see, Memphis is how many games back in the conference? Memphis is. Memphis has one. So Memphis just has one conference loss. So Memphis is going to be in there. We might have a big tiebreak situation. I hope. I hope so. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds so, awesome. So very interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, we move on to UNLV gets their eighth win, thirty-four to fourteen against Wyoming. Yeah, I'm uh, a Wyoming team that we've talked about um, quite a few times this year. Um, I th- I was I was hoping Wyoming was going to be the way they started the season. I thought that they were going to be a real serious um, contender for the Mountain West. I don't want to say that they. I, I don't. I feel like they're not as serious, obviously, at this point because they're three and three in conference and losing again to UNLV. But they've been a, 
a, still a pretty solid team. I mean, a six and four overall. Wyoming um, is <clears throat> is a solid year, I think, for for the Cowboys. Uh, but I, I I was hoping a little bit more. Honestly, I thought Wyoming was going to be where UNLV was, uh, or at least closer than, and UNLV was going to be much closer where Wyoming is at this point in the season. Uh, but look, I, shout out to the to the. Uh, actually, now that I'm saying UNLV out loud, I don't know what their mascot is. Ra- Raiders? No. Uh, they're, 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 they're the running rebels. Rebels. God, my brain just melted yes. right there. Yeah, yes. but, uh, yeah but UNLV, UNLV uh, having a great year, man. Uh, Jaden Ma- yeah, Mahiava having a great year. Uh, threw for uh, 232 yards, went 17 for 24, was their biggest EPA contributor, had 13 uh, points of EPA uh, for the day. And then uh, Ricky White, their receiver, uh, 144 yards on eight catches. So, like, they had some guys that really came to uh, came to play. The, the offensive uh, side for Wyoming was mostly in the running back, mostly on the running back. Andrew Peasley had 94 yards for 11 carries and a touchdown. Did have a fumble, but didn't lose it. Um, and then uh, Andrew, oh, and Andrew Peasley, oh, I guess he's their quarterback. So what am I talking about? He's their quarterback. So and he threw for 146 yards and went 11 for 11, 11 for 22. So, uh, you know, Wyoming has a guy running around having a fun time, but it wasn't enough to get the win against uh, the running Rebels. Yeah, quarterback play wasn't, you know, his quarterback play wasn't great. Got sacked three times, even though he was obviously running a lot, um, through an interception. Um, but yeah, you know he's good. You know he's a top a top thirty five offense, even though they are uh, uh, nobody in the Mountain West is good defensively. So uh, that's just kind of a problem all the way around. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good season out of both. Right. Second place uh, in the Michigan. Mountain West. Michigan. Yeah. Michigan Wolverines twenty four. Penn State University fifteen. The first of the suspension, which. Uh, that Michigan will no longer fight. They've accepted it. Uh, Harbaugh says he will just accept his suspension to the end of the season. So game one of three, Michigan holds on and beats a Penn State team that just didn't doesn't have the offense. They just don't have weapons. And they fired their offensive coordinator like right after this game because they don't have anything going on no. in offense. No, I mean, like the the – this the stats for the for the game were just so it's just it, it's pretty bleak honestly for both sides it looks kind of like a funny game just as it reads on paper but on the Penn State side yeah Drew Aller uh, ten for twenty two with seventy yards passing and a touchdown and then uh, Catron Allen had seventy two yards rushing on twelve carries and then you know the, other than that the ball didn't really get distributed obviously that much for from Drew Allen so nothing really from the receiver end so yeah just. Not we saw it at the Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma we saw it in the Ohio State game too for Penn State they just couldn't they just can't get down the field they just can't think, really get things rolling and so and Michigan has proved throughout the year um, that they're that they're not going to give up a lot of points I'm honestly shocked that this game that Penn State got 15 points out of this game um, I didn't watch I didn't really watch that much of it I caught a little bit of the end of the second quarter and a little bit of the start of the third quarter. Uh, but I didn't see that much. But I assume that it's kind of big. It feels like big place type situation from Penn State that might be maybe got them to. But otherwise, Michigan, even with no coach, did the things that they've been doing this year um, and and been very good. I'm I'm especially I shouldn't say it, maybe I shouldn't say especially after this game. But now that this game has happened, them winning by nine points like at Beaver Stadium. To do it, I, I'm putting Michigan personally. I put Michigan as the best team in the country right now. I don't. I think they've done everything that they've needed to to prove that they they are there. If you want to say that Georgia is that, um, I'm okay with saying that. Like I, I don't have a great defense to, to say otherwise. No, but I want I to think, say that Ohio 
Ohio State is that. Uh, or it's fine if you want to say that too. But I, I think Michigan has done has proved <laughs> that to this point that that in my opinion that they are what it is, especially getting this win in Beaver Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's I I think it's fine. I don't. I'm not against it. I'm not against that. I I think that. One of the tricks is that Michigan has faced the least amount. They've had the least amount of defensive plays in the country that they've had to defend, which just makes you look really good when you can ball control and not have to see a lot of offensive plays um, the way that they've done it. They are probably the most complete team in the country, um, offense and defense, the way they play. So, I look, I don't really have a hard time saying that they're not the best. I think that they're more complete than Georgia is. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily means that they would win that game head-to-head, but I think they're more complete than Georgia is. Um, I think that they can lose to Oregon State, and I think that I think the team that wins that game is, is your number one. Oh, I wait, obviously. Ohio State? Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Oregon State. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, Ohio <laughs> State. Yeah, sorry, Ohio I, State. I did Oklahoma, so uh, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just – so Oregon State is, is too – Two places up above Ohio State in the offensive EPA oh, thing, so I was looking oh, directly at Oregon State. I see. Okay. All right. Uh, so um, anyway, uh, I, I'm excited that that game is going to happen, and I don't care. Like people are already when they're talking about the expanded playoff, and we we can't go too long on this because I'll go forever. <laughs> people, are like, people are like, oh, so and so game doesn't matter, and it's like, listen, here's what we're doing: we are trading some late season games to have less meaning to have playoff games that will have the most meaning. Yes. And so I am okay with that trade because there's also going to be a bunch of games that do matter quite a bit late because they're going to determine somebody goes to the conference championship game and that's what they're going to need to do to be able to make the playoff or a team that's going to get to that eight and three. You're going to have some maybe playoff eliminator games in conference between two seven-win teams, eight-win teams, that type of thing. I think we're definitely going to have games that matter and a trade-off to the fact that some games will matter a little bit less, but it doesn't change the fact that that Michigan-Ohio State game is important and matters in the context of them playing. Right, right. Yeah, and and even even uh, in the yeah in the expanded playoff situation, exactly like you're saying, like it would still that would still be a big deal, especially because there's yeah. there's some level of conference championship that is weighed even more heavily. It will be I, I, at least I'm I'm hopeful that it'll be weighed even more heavily as we get into the expanded playoff, where it's like this game if we were in the 12 team now, like and and then there's a situation where maybe Michigan loses and then doesn't get to the Big Ten cha- championship game, right, which is a thing that could happen. And then Ohio State, sure. well, Ohio State would, would still, if they made it to the Big Ten championship and won that, like they would still get in the playoff. But like, and then if Ohio State lost to Iowa, which would never happen, but if that, if both of those, if both of that thing happened, like in the expanded playoff, there would be a situation in which like some of these, some of these, like a James Madison, a Tulane, like they're already going to get that group of five. We're going to have somebody get that group of five bid, but somebody else could do something at towards the end that can mix it up where you can knock out some things like that and even if that's not the case even if that all of that situation and still you know worked out and still Michigan and Ohio State that make it into the 12 team playoff that's fine because exactly like your point like I would rather I would rather give up a few games it's why I'm so salty about the bowls most of the time but it's like I would rather give up make some games less important 
in my case, the Bulls, but also like um, I'm okay with it in the season if that means that we have a bunch of games at the end of the season that are exactly like you said, the most important, like our, our, sure. our, our winner go home. Like that's better to me. Right. 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 Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think that's the. I think that's fine. Anyway, it's something that's going to happen. You got to live with it. Right. So, right. Like, it is what it is. Like, getting mad about it doesn't matter. Right. But, uh, okay. Um, a team that won their ninth game and is looking very dangerous and absolutely has a path to the playoff is the Alabama Crimson Tide, who beat Kentucky forty-nine to twenty-one on the road. Man, look, Saban. <laughs> Saban is just savoring, man. He just. Yeah. He's so good. He's so freaking good. It's just blows my mind how he can just keep even the, even though we thought he was shaky, we didn't know what was going on with Alabama. He this the status quo or you know the 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 homeostasis is the bar for just them just their we're going to be this good even if we have problems is so high that they can mess about a bit, figure out they have to th- run a whole gambit of quarterback situation try to figure out a guy until Saban can whip his players these just monsters of of young men um, into the right situation that works for them to win and he keeps doing it and it's scaring it's scaring the hell out of me he could go he could certainly walk he's gonna walk this team into the SEC championship game and then when he does that like this there's Georgia is not f- equipped, fully equipped at this point enough for me to say for sure that's what's going to happen. Like, like Georgia's going to Georgia's going to get the win. It oh, just yeah, can't, absolutely it, not. Just can't do it. And Milrow's playing. I mean, in this game against Kentucky, Milrow went uh, past 234 yards, three touchdowns, and 15 for 22. He did have an interception, but overall, that didn't really contribute that negatively to this game. I mean, it was 49 to. F- 49 to 21 so they got to score as much as they wanted to and then uh you know they don't have the monster running back like they normally do but like consistent you know guy guys in there doing what they need to to get the offense rolling um and then uh yeah and then some some receivers catching a couple balls for more than 50 yards jalen hale had a catch for 50 and then kobe prentice had four catches for 74 so it's just such a scary ass alabama team this might be the most frustrating and the most scary of of the ones that i've watched of him him because we we didn't think it was going to be this and now all of a sudden he could he could he could potentially if he wins a national championship i'd be like well he's saying it does yeah 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 look yeah he he's got a great defense he's got a quarterback he's figuring it out he guy's getting more than half a point per play at quarterback and then getting another point ten per play running the ball as quarterback and three touchdowns and like it's just it might just be you know the Death Star might be fully operational and we thought it was broken right. the whole time. Right. So they, they boarded up the the womp rat hole and now here we are. Yep. 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 So uh Texas Tech beats Kansas. It's sad. Very Kansas sad. takes the L uh sixteen to thirteen. I did see that Jaden Daniels is coming back next year so they've at least got that to look forward to since he was hurt yeah uh kansas is still having a nice year like seven and three if they make it to eight and three or whatever like nice year i'm not mad about it you know texas tech is no joke you know no pushover you've been playing a backup quarterback fine 
Fine. Yeah, just worth a note. Yeah, honestly, the the backup quarterback situation. It's like they. It, it feels like <laughs> I said it before, but it, this feels like Nick Foles right now, and he's just playing his the, the way out of his mind, and and it's getting and it got them to where they are now. And I don't think if I'm if I was a Kansas fan, I'm having a, a great time watching this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a good year. You'll take it, and feel feel just fine about it. Yeah, I, think. I hope so. I hope they are. Yeah, I think that they. I think that they are. I mean, you had the you had the biggest biggest win you've had in forever by beating Oklahoma. You're gonna live off that for a while. Yeah, right. You can, so yeah, you can carry that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think they're stoked. So, uh, Tulane Green Wave get their ninth win against Tulsa, twenty-four to twenty-two. Another big win for the team that most likely is going to uh, get the Group of Five bid if they keep it up. Um, as we've talked about, what they've got in front of them still, they're gonna have good teams to beat, but uh, they're. Currently the best group of five team, highest ranked one. And if, if they win out, they'll stay that way. And even if they don't win out, they might still stay that way. Uh, honestly, yeah. Like, and yeah, because I mean, the competition just to, just through the end of their year is pretty, I mean, pretty quality stuff. I mean, you said um, you talked about, oh, they have UTSA to end it. And FAU is not, yep. FAU is not exactly a, a scrubby American team. Uh, so yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy, but yeah, they're going to have a good time doing it. And Pratt, uh, Michael Pratt, was he's I, I wish he's one of the reasons I'm a little upset that I haven't watched more Tulane. Um, his his quarterback play has been good. has been very consistent for them. He's just doing the things that they need to game in and game out. And I'm I'm a little sad that I haven't been able to watch him. Also, McKee um, um, Hughes for them. He's he's got almost had almost had a thousand yard season rushing, uh, 991 yards and six touchdowns. And in this game, he had 129 yards run eight, run rushing on 18 carries and a touchdown. So look, they got uh, they have an offensive backfield that's doing that's dangerous at no matter what um and then and then they're just they're just gonna they're just knows how to they know how to win games they know how they know what the type of game that they're playing and i i'm excited i'm excited for how this game's i'm sad that it's not the uh the 12 team this year because i'd love to see Tulane in the playoff i think they could hurt they could hurt a lot of these top teams but man it's gonna Mm -hmm. it's gonna shake out for a great american conference championship game and and these last games the fau game and the uh and the uh, UTSA game are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, they'll they'll beat Florida Atlantic by thirty. Florida Atlantic is not very good, um, but they'll have two really quality games at the end of the year. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for them. Uh, okay, I, I just want to mention that I think I think as of right now. If they so they would be the they would be the twelfth seed, um, and they'd probably play. They they, they it's a, it's a possibility if if Oregon beat Washington in the cha- in the Pac twelve championship game, they might play like Washington in the first round, mm-hmm. or maybe a Texas in the first round, um, somebody like that, which would be super interesting. Seriously, so. yeah, if Pratt and, and Hughes balled out like they could. Do they, those are those could be winnable situations. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maryland gets their sixth win and hits bowl eligibility in an ugly game against Nebraska, thirteen to ten. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy that 
Maryland got there is, is going bowling because um, there was a time where I thought this team I thought they were going to be a seven eight win season team but they've really like fallen off. Um, the young Tagovailoa uh, went twenty five for thirty seven had two hundred eighty five yards passing and a touchdown. So and, and he rushed for thirty eight yards too. So he's really the the core of the offense. But I don't really have a ton else uh, to work with. So yeah, and this Nebraska team, I think from from an overall standpoint, I think you could be happy if you're a Nebraska fan. I think this is showing good signs for what for Matt Rule and his time. Um, hopefully, it means good things for the <clears throat> for the sea of red as we as we go into these you know these upcoming years. But uh, yeah, both teams a little a little average to say the least at this point in the season. Well, I mean, it, you you look at what Maryland looked like they were going to be at the beginning of the season. You had hope, but you had no reason to have. That's hope. true. Other like than six just, and four is exactly what Maryland very, that's is. That's a very good point. It's a very right? good point. And quite honestly, five and five is a pretty is a pretty big victory from Nebraska. Oh, seriously, where they were yeah. like this season is a thumbs up. Even if they're even if they they don't they don't make it to bowl eligibility, great building block year there. So good good all the way around. Maryland gets a bowl. They're playing a decent bowl. They had a nice year. They're you know the seventh best team in the conference. All right, fine, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Nebraska has Wisconsin and Iowa to finish out the season. And they could be, they potentially could beat Wisconsin just because it could just be like the this game, the reverse sure. score of this game. But then I feel like Iowa's sure. just going to grind them down to nothingness, and it's going to yeah. it's going to be yeah. twelve to nothing, and that's going to be it. But maybe yeah, Nebraska can get their six right. win. That'd be huge for Rule in the squad. Right, they certainly got a shot at it yeah. for sure. Yep. Uh, Clemson gets their sixth win at home against Georgia Tech, forty-two to twenty-one. They dominated Georgia Tech pretty handily, as they should. You're right. Quite honestly, um, so they go bowling, and so at least the season won't be a complete embarrassment. It would be a complete embarrassment if they didn't go bowling. God, that would be that'd be hilarious. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't. I think Dabo, if he wants to stay, he's going to really have to get things buttoned up for next year. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Liberty and James Madison both get their 10th win. Important because James Madison had their appeal denied to play in a bowl game and get to chance to play in the Sun Belt Championship. So they're just doing this for fun. At this point, they beat UConn 44-6. to Thankfully, UConn got their win out of the way or they'd be having a really yep. bad time. Yep. And Liberty beat Old Dominion 38-10. to Liberty would be the team to step in if Tulane slips for that last uh, group of five spot. Yeah, and it sucks for that li- that Liberty. Like if we were, this is, I guess Liberty is the other, the team that I was referring to when I'm talking about that, there being a little bit of a shakeup if, if there was a bunch of absurdity at the top, you know, if we were in the 12-team situation. It sucks because Liberty has played nobody because Conference USA yeah. is, is terrible if it's not. If, They've played nobody and their defense is bad. Yeah. So, I, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know what they would do, but they'd earn, they'd earn it, they, and that's they, all you yeah, ask for. Yeah, sure. And, and, but, and then on the other side, James Madison, like if they could compete, um, and next year they can, so hopefully they can sustain. I don't know if you can – I don't know how long you can sustain undefeated seasons for. But if they can, you know, that maybe that's another situation that could shake things up enough um, to get maybe a, a, a weird group grouping. It's probably not going to go down like that. There's obviously a bunch of teams between between them and 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 you know the other spots. You know, that's not that's our outside of the group of five. But James Madison having a great season. It's cool to see. I don't really care about Liberty, but you know anybody anybody getting ten and zero is 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 interesting to say. The it's least. it's it's worth it's worth a note for sure. It definitely is worth a note being ten and zero. Um, yeah, James, unfortunately, James Madison is not eligible next year either. 
Oh uh, gosh! Oh yeah, I forgot. Two years. Oh, it's two years that you get hung out. They're, they're going to be, so, yeah. be undefeated next year, and then they're going to be eight and four the year after that, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it's going to work. Oh well. Yeah. And they knew it was going to be the deal when they came in. So, I, I feel bad just because I feel bad, but it's a, it is the rule. Whatever reason it's there. Yeah, it's the and rule, it's probably so. better for them just to be up. You know, like they were beaten. I was I lived in yeah. Ogden, Utah, which is the home of of Weber State University, and James Madison would come into Ogden every once in a while and just yep. pummel the Wildcats there. So it was you know I'm sure that this is a much much better situation for them. Wildcats a great FCS. Thing, a top 15 FCS program every year, yeah, too. So, right. uh, Arizona gets their seventh win uh, on the road against Colorado. Game was close. Colorado did end up with some offense after they had kind of sat down their offensive uh, coordinator, which was good. I think that needed to happen to get people kind of off Dion's back. So, again, it's looking positive. Uh, Arizona wins a game they should win. They're to the point where they're winning games against teams that they should win and they should feel confident about it. Yeah, I th- Arizona really is showing the depth of the Pac-12 this year. I watched. I was at the game when they played Washington um, here in Tucson, and Washington did the the thing that they needed to do. They marched down the field. They looked very good doing it. But Arizona was. I said it that then. I'll say it again. I'll probably say it eighty more times before we get to the end of the year. They're just such a scrappy team, and this is Noah Fafita, man. He's fun to watch. He's just. He's just like it looks to me like just a kid in a candy store. Like he looks like he's just having fun. Backyard football, running around, throwing the ball, doing what he wants to do. He went uh, twenty for thirty-three. Passed for 201 yards, had two touchdowns. Um, so pretty, you know, solid, solid contribution. Had three points, 3.29 points of EPA um, towards, you know, for the team. And then Jonah Coleman in their backfield had 179 yards rushing on 11 carries. I mean, the Colorado defense isn't exactly awesome. Um, so they're able to do it. But I, I, think, I think Colorado was good enough that, and what I thought, especially what I thought of Arizona at the beginning of the year, I thought this game was going to be a pretty, was going to be tighter. Um, then it was, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that it's only three points, but I, I thought, I thought, uh, it, it could be like, I would have felt much more confident that Colorado could have potentially won this game at the beginning of the year of versus what I've seen from Arizona over the course of this year. So just cool that Arizona is, is doing some stuff. It sucks that all of their, their sports are potentially imploding, but they'll, I think they'll, if they're going to keep anything, they'll probably keep football baseball yeah ba- basketball and yeah. golf so they only need four yeah. i guess anyways we'll see what happens but it's a cool season yeah. it's a cool season before a potential implosion anyways yeah football will still survive that's true but, yeah other than that uh i've got a quick poo-poo platter of games to talk about but before i do that i want to talk about app state getting their sixth win on the road against georgia state who's kind of slipped a bit, and App State has kind of got their feet under their four and two in the Sun Belt. They end up having a nice little season. Right. I, and I did not expect App State is my team in the Sun Belt. I've been watching, and they, they, uh, yeah, I, they re- at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, it's going to be a bad time for App State, but they, they figure out how to, how to win down there in Appalachia. They know how to, they know how to, you know, squirm out to, to get to bowl eligibility and figure it out. And, expe- and against the Georgia State team that, Comparatively to them, um, this was this is going to be a pretty. I thought this game was going to be closer. I mean, I've talked about it many times on this on this uh, podcast. Like, watch more Sun Belt, and I've been watching Sun Belt, and so I thought that this game was going to be a little tighter. And App State just did what they wanted to do. Georgia State couldn't uh, couldn't get things 
together, even though they're a six and four team, but in the conference, they just haven't been able to hang hang. And so App State was yeah. uh, having good things done. Look, that like the 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 east half of the Sun Belt has a ten and zero team, a seven and three team, three six and four teams, a four and six team, and a five and five team. Ain't no sleepers, no, no. one win team, no. no two win teams. No, there's no jokes here. Old Dominion is no no joke. No sleepers here, right. so you got it's a gauntlet. It really it's a gauntlet. Is. You got to play. App State absolutely can still play for the conference championship. Uh, they are they are definitely in it. They're tied because James Madison's not eligible. Mm. However, their last two games is at James Madison and then Georgia Southern. Ooh. So it's not going to be easy. No. They can easily lose the Georgia Southern game, and they very likely can lose the James Madison game. Yeah. Um, and so like. Uh, Coastal's one game up on them on the schedule at conference games, so Coastal kind of just has to survive. However, James Madison's last two games are App State and Coastal, so James Madison can ruin everybody's day. <laughs> yeah, right, though. Really, really cause some problems on their way out while going undefeated. But I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose one of those games, James Madison. Not that they're not very, very good, because they are very, very good. But you know, it's. When they're, they're going to try to treat the coastal game like their bowl game, yeah, you know they're yeah. going to do it, and it it wouldn't be impossible for me to see those guys get turned off, or they might be like, "We're going undefeated, we're going to stick it in everybody's faces and claim a part of the national championship or something." Yeah, which I hope. Uh, they but do. anyway, Sun Belt's East, no joke. And then the sad thing, the the sad slash funny thing is, Sun Belt East, no joke. Sun Belt West is a little bit more average, five and five teams. They got a three and seven, and they got a two and eight. But the team that they're going to have to play for the conference championship. Championship, who's already who's already eligible is the motherfucking Troy Trojans, who've only given up sixty three points in conference. Yeah. They are no goddamn joke. No, so it's like defense. you make it out of the gauntlet to the East, and then you got the boss with just one flashing red health meter that they can cover because their defense is so good, yeah. and you got to wait it out before you can hit them. Like. Sunbelt yeah, team is going to earn it. Yeah. It's too bad that the Sunbelt team isn't going to end up being the top team in the group of five. Because, one, because if it was James Madison, they absolutely are. Um, yeah, definitely. But also, surviving this means you should really deserve a shot. It's, it's you really should, should yeah. deserve a shot. I think the only, you know, the only other conference, the only other group of five that can say that is around is is the American you know with Tulane but it's like the the American falls off after the top four but not I mean not you it's not the same for the Sun Belt like yeah Sun Belt is is danger zone all all around like no yeah. matter what yeah, you do I would they they almost are comparable but the American has more bad teams Right. Like they've right. got Temple and East Carolina and Tulsa and North Texas yeah. and UAB and Charlotte. Yeah. Like those teams are bad. Rice has done well this year, but they're not great. They're average. Yeah. Navy is average. South Florida is average. Florida Atlantic is average to bad. And then it's like killer, 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 killer. Memphis, UTSA, SMU, Tulane. Killers up at the top. Yeah. It's uh, wild. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it just just super interesting what's going on there. The conference championship game is going to be wild. Yep. I'm really kind of stoked about it. Me too. Because God. I just want to see who's going to punch Troy in the mouth or are they going to get punched in the mouth. Right. It'll probably not be a good game because what Troy is, but I don't care. No, no, I'd love to. I'd love to see an all defensive Sun Belt championship game. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Be interesting. Be interesting. Uh, all right. In the 
teams won against bad teams, but we should note them area of games. NC State travels to Wake, wins their seventh game, 26-6. Fourth best team in the ACC. Uh, Memphis beats Charlotte 44-38. Gave up way too many points against Charlotte, but it's a Charlotte team that's improving. Memphis goes to 8-2, 5-1 in the conference. Troy gets their eighth win on the road against ULM, 45-14. Just dominated as they should. And another just domination as they should. Kansas State gets their seventh win, 59-25 at home against Baylor. Yeah, I mean, no, everybody kind of you know did what they thought. I, yeah, the Memphis game is a little... <clears throat> is a little odd to me that yeah that they, they gave up so many but I don't think I think you care more about the win than how you got it uh, everything else the the NC State it's cool that they're at seven wins I think you know another showing for for the the depth of the um, of the ACC uh, you know f- yeah. for sure uh, I actually I can't say that much depth but but NC State is not a team I necessarily thought I'd be talking about as as a seven win team at this part of the season. Uh, especially with how and then them being better than both Duke and Clemson and Miami, I was not really expecting that. So kind of interesting there too. I mean, look, the ACC has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that are bowl eligible. Syracuse is just a win away from bowl eligibility. Wake Forest is four and six. I mean, they're one and six in the conference, so they have obviously been given up wins in the conference. Virginia is Virginia. They just still have a rough go to survive, to come back from what they've come back from. Yeah. Pitt, I believe, beat Boston College tonight. So Pitt has some life yeah. uh, in them. It's, you know, as a Power 5 conference, they're the worst one this year. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. But NC State's kind of had a nice year where they maybe shouldn't have. I mean, right. They, right. I would have, if you'd have told me, if you'd given me the two team's record and told me to pick, I would have guessed Wake Forest would have been NC State's record, and NC State would have been Wake Forest's record. Yeah. So there, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. It's not, it's overall, it's not that, you know, if you look at the other rest of the rest of the Power Five, it's not, it's not that great. But like void of the other conferences, and if you just look at the ACC, like it's a team, it's a, it's a conference that is, is liable to beat itself up, which unfortunately, may, you know, for maybe like a team like Florida State or Louisville, who may catch catch more losses than they need to get themselves into the position that they want to be come the end of the season. But, but like it's been fun to see Clemson on an off year. It's been I thought Duke was going to be better, and they started kind of good, but have come down. Yeah, interesting. NC NC State up. Um, good, good that we saw North Carolina lose some, so we could just uh, have that moment. Right. But also, also Drake May is. A monster and and he's been doing some fun oh, stuff sure. up there too so Miami's been a little flatter than I was hoping but the mix uh, the mix of stuff within the ACC has been a lot of fun to watch but I think you're right it's not overall it's not an awesome conference really especially as compared to the other pro yeah. fives like look look is Louisville gonna lose to uh gonna lose to Miami Florida at Miami probably not probably not right and so if they don't then they go to the championship game but if they do lose NC State is in the pile of teams that can play for the conference championship. And they right. play Virginia Tech, and they go to Virginia Tech, and then they play North Carolina at home. Those two wins would make it worthwhile. It would make it worth it to, have a, to get a shot there at the end. I mean, a tiebreaker scenario would be in play, so whatever. But uh, anyway, ACC is fine. Yeah. ACC is fine. Whatever. Uh, Florida State gets their 10th win against those Miami Hurricane, 27-20 to 20 at home. It was the, – the score was close. I watched a lot of the game. It felt, a, it felt like it had some close spots in the middle. 
it wasn't wasn't a greatly played game, but Florida State did what they had to do to win. Did Tyler? I didn't. I didn't see if it happened. Did Tyler Van Dyke for Miami? Did he get hurt? Because he was only he only passed. Yes, for he extended yards. his arm uh, to reach out to get a first down, and then he dislocated his shoulder. Oh, or something. bummer! Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. And this part of the year, it's it's unfortunate for him. But uh, but yeah, overall, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, wasn't a great um I, I think this game i think the closeness of this game was more to the in-state rivalry if you can say miami versus florida state's a rivalry i mean it's the least because yeah, sure. we share we want to be the best in florida i'm sure that there has something but i don't know how how deep that rivalry realistically goes um uh, but i think here's the thing all rivalries only matter if the teams are good Right. So, yes, the rivalry can be deep, but because Miami and Florida State both haven't been good for a while, it's it's it means the same as Kentucky, Louisville or Tennessee or, you know, not even Ole Miss, Mississippi State, because those games have been interesting because one of those teams has been good all the time. So I, I think it's a great rivalry, but it uh, no rivalry can be great if the teams aren't good regularly. Well, I think we I think in that we'd have to de- we have to define the great part. I think what I'm saying from the rivalry standpoint is that is that like that rivalries always matter in that there's there's always weirdness in the games. Like we you know, if I if we go way back to to Mountain West days, Utah and the Mountain West days when Utah Utah BYU happened, most of the time that game didn't really matter. It might have mattered for who's gonna win the Mountain West that year, but it wasn't in the grand right. scheme of things, it wasn't really and it was we there was a lot of times Utah would go into that game and I would think, Oh, Utah's good enough to get this thing done, it's gonna be fine and then BYU would come in come into Salt Lake City and, oh, and yes. beat them up or whatever. And so I think that, yes, that's I understand re- what you mean. Yeah, that's yes. what I mean. Like like is saying a rivalry at that level just means that weird games are happening. Like yeah. like the Florida beating Tennessee at home. It, exactly. It's just a big rivalry exactly. game. It's just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, because you just you have whatever that build up. You know the city is bubbling in a little in a different way. You know, you're if you're if you're on the football team it's really like go beat go beat that team this week. Go show us who's the best in Florida. Those kind of things. So uh, I think that may be why the tightness. But I think you're overall. I you're the way that you started talking about this game. That's sort of you were like, yeah, you know, this, it was close, but it wasn't. I think that that's really the more thing. Like it ended up probably just being a c- closer situation. It, but not because the game was close ever, but just because of like how the points yeah. scoring of it all. Yeah, went. it wasn't so. a blowout. It was still weird. It was watchable till the end. Yeah. But it was hard to feel like Miami was going to win. Right. But like they were just staying close enough to feel like they might. Right. Right. Um, and Jordan Travis is just man. He's he's doing great stuff. He's fun. He's so fun to watch for Florida State. He's doing. He's great. He's great passing the ball out there. He went uh, nineteen for thirty one at two hundred sixty five yards passing and a touchdown. Um, and he distributed the ball pretty well um, across a couple of guys above 50 yards receiving um, I got the ball around a lot so yeah Jordan I mean Jordan Travis is going to be the def- I don't know I, I shouldn't say he's going to be the defining trait of, of Florida State being being you know good or not or you know ending the year inside the national championship game or not doing that but he's a, he's the heartbeat of this team he's really he's really the the danger man um, throughout and it's good that, yeah. yeah but they better hope they better hope that this was a rivalry game weirdness and not somebody's figuring them out because they can't afford to look like this. They just can't. Like, I, yeah. They're a very good team, yeah. top 30 offense, top 20 defense, but they're not 
like there's teams that are close enough to them that can that can they can get that neck. So they need to. This better be a, a a rivalry oddity and not a problem. Yeah, I think with how the other games that they've sh- you know how the other games of the season have shaken out. The only other close game, well, the only other two. Oh my gosh, hold on, I gotta sneeze. Uh, nope, it's gone. Um, the only other close game <laughs> that they have. Oh no, it's gone. Oh gosh, the sneeze, it's killing me. Hold on. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Anyways, um, is uh, they they only beat Bo- uh, Boston College early, you know, back in September by three points, two points, and Clemson was Clemson was a seven point game, but Clemson's probably well, it was overtime though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think Clemson was we were Clemson was starting to get into whatever mode they are into now a little bit. But outside of that, they've been pretty good. They beat Duke by eighteen. Um, yeah, they've been consistently yeah. better than so, their opponents. Uh, so yeah, I'm, blew out Wake Forest. Right. I, pretty much blew out Pitt. Yeah, and I only bring that up because I think it was. I think this was closer to rivalry weirdness than it was to getting figured. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it probably is, but it just. It's just they don't. Miami. Miami is not a bad team. Some of this is rivalry, but it's also Miami's not a bad team. Right. A team a little bit better who decides that they're Flor- the Florida State, like the team in the conference championship game. If they decide, like, hey, if it's Louisville and Louisville's like, you know what, we we could that's book ourselves a spot in the playoff, very true, or whatever, very true. They just that's all I'm saying, right? right? Like, I don't think I don't think the game at Florida is going to be a problem. No. For Florida State, I don't expect it to be, but you know they just can't sleep. Right, that's they all. can't. They right. should be fine though. Right, right, they should be fine. Um, in a very interesting game that ended up being about what I expected it to be, but at the first half it wasn't. Washington 35, Utah 28. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I, uh, shout out to a friend of the show, the, the, the TJ, the DJ. He, he was saying that the matchup really worked, like the matchup of Utah and Washington um, really worked better for Utah you know like they had they have the ability this defense is which is one of the things that Utah regularly does and does well um was going to be able to contain Penix and all the things now they you know they they didn't necessarily but but for what their offense is you know what their offense has been and Barnes is playing himself having himself a great year for what he's been been for what he's had to come in and do um, you know, like this game is ultimately way closer than th- I thought. I didn't think, I didn't believe Tyler when he was, our, our friend Tyler, when he, when he was saying that, that it was going to be this close. I thought just because the Utah offense was so, not good, that, that this game was going to be a two touchdown at least game, uh, you know, two touchdown win for Washington. But look, Barnes, he went 15 for 28, 240 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, even with two interceptions, he had 3.14 points of EPA. Um, for the game, and then uh, Devon Vele had 122 yards on four catches, so big time catches from him. And Sione Vaki had 63 yards on three catches. So they the offense is it's it's a frustrating thing as as it always is for me as a as a Utah fan that that they couldn't figure these some of these some of this stuff out earlier in the season as it always seems to happen with Utah, but. That being said, with the situation they had, the guys that they lost, like the fact that this Utah team could put up the numbers that they did against a Washington team that doesn't have a terrible defense by any means, um, and obviously has a very dangerous man in the backfield, like um, a couple of guys in that offense um, that were super dangerous, um, the fact that Utah could kind of do 
something here um, is is a good showing. But I do think Washington still – I don't think that, that all of those things that I just said, I don't think that that is a knock on Washington. I think that they still did everything they should have against a solid Utah team. Um, Penix Jr. went 24 for 42, 332 yards passing, two touchdowns. Dylan Johnson, 118 yards uh, rushing on 23 carries. And Rome Odunes had 111 yards catching, two touchdowns on three catches. So, like, I think the offense is still as dangerous as it's ever been, and they got they got it done against a quality Utah defense, but the game was significantly tighter than I was expecting. Yeah, so Tyler and I both guessed a final score. His was 31-27 to 27, Utah. Mine was 38-21 to 21, Washington, and he was five points off of the total score, and I was four points. So we both had a pretty good idea, and it was really turned out to be a really close version of what we thought. But again, the first half was, I think, almost exactly the way that Tyler was expecting, even though the, Utah's offense was more than I think anybody was expecting. Yeah. The defense hung in there. They played really well. But then Utah got nothing, really, in the second half um, because Washington's defense was a little – I thought that they were better than – thought. like their scoring defense wasn't great, but I thought their defense – because they just – they faced the most play. Well, some of the most. They're they're like top 138 in the most plays seen. Um, so that's just going to give the team a lot of EPA because they're going to have a lot of plays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but but Washington's adjusted EPA was still like top 40, which means even though the other team got a lot of plays, they were keeping the average down. But eventually, when you have a lot of plays, you're just going to get a lot of touchdowns on you unless your defense is great and your offense is great, which nobody ever is that good in that way. Um, so it turned out to be, it turned out the second half of what I expected, the first half was a surprise. Like the win probability dipped to Utah in about the hundred or so play area. Um, and then that weird interception where he didn't go into the end zone, mm-hmm. he dropped it two yards short and Utah got it and the game almost is in question. And then the safety happened. It was a wild game. Good game. Utah showed themselves very well. Yeah. Um, and just, just, you know, just Washington has really good talent on the offensive side and enough de- talent on the defense side to hold on. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou, 36, Tennessee 7. Missouri gets their eighth win. They're 4-2 in the SEC and just really blitz the crap out of Tennessee. Yeah, I just, man, Mizzou, I, 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 at this point in the season, I, I did believe that Mizzou, prior to this game, I, I thought that Mizzou is a better team than Tennessee, so I'm not shocked by this win, but I'm just shocked that Mizzou just keeps doing the thing, man. I just, I was so, the beginning of the year, I thought they were just going to be nothingness, and they have been, they've been consistently good, and it's been awesome to see. So, uh, Brady Cook uh, passed uh, 275 yards, had a touchdown and an interception, uh, 118 for 24, and then uh, Cody Schrader, huge in the backfield, had 205 yards rushing and 35 carries and a touchdown. And then in the passing game, also their best guy, had 116 yards receiving on five catches. So just a monster performance from Schrader. Uh, Brady Cook has been good and been consistent for Mizzou, um, which is which is great for them. And this is really, you know, showing why that they're in the position that they are. I don't – I do they – they already played Georgia, right? That's a thing that happened. Yes, they yes, already played Georgia and they lost, which, which again, not not super shocking, but um, but it you know it's okay. Yeah, they only lost by, they lost by nine, which is not not great, but you, to win between the hedges, <laughs> between the bushes, um, 
is is not uh, is not an easy thing to do. So them coming into Tennessee, man, just really showing how good they are, and they they deserve they deserve the ranking that they are. They deserve they're where they're at. Sucks that we can't see them. We couldn't see them knock off Georgia and play in the SEC championship game, but still, great season for Mizzou. Yeah, who, who knows when the, how many times they'll be able to build on a season like this. Right. Ten wins is easily in play. They got Florida, and then they traveled to Arkansas. Yeah, they could definitely uh, get So they absolutely done. can have ten wins, have a great – get a great bowl, you know, bowl position. If this is a playoff year, they'd certainly, they'd certainly be in the conversation. Right. So good for them. Yep. Uh, I almost skipped over this game because I was like, oh, UCF won. But then I realized that they won 45-3 to at home against Oklahoma State, who just got absolutely <sighs> – just the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> and I, I remember that on Twitter, people were just like, holy crap, Gundy coaches just well enough to get people off his ass every year and then just shits the bed. And boy, did they. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, this was reminiscent of last year, where last year we talked about Oklahoma State a bunch. And and every time we were like, are they the, are they the worst good team right now and that happened like week yep. after week after week and i and i in in a similar case like that's what we're seeing here is like they the gundy can win games that he shouldn't and he can win any can win at some level of consistency but he's always liable for something like this and and look ucf is not terrible by any means but to go no, in no. to go in and just right. beat the pants off Oklahoma State at home like that I mean you know UCF is at home it's just uh, man it's not a good look for Gundy but or maybe it's the perfect look for Gundy I can't tell I think it's fine I think it's exactly (laughs) what it is and they were rocking the bounce house and again Oklahoma State has no reason to be better than this so I think it's fine Yeah, it's just this was what happened right they're happy to be 7-3 and I think that's what they should that's what they're focusing on I hope yeah uh, Iowa Hawkeyes twenty two Rutgers zero Iowa's eight and two gave up no points, still uh, credible defense with a uh, pedestrian offense, and uh, uh, they just amaze me. They just <laughs> amaze me in all they do, and um, I I I'm just sh- I'm just shocked that a team can do this as long as they've done it's, it. Uh, we, were, we were saying it right before the, right before we started recording. It's just like, I, it's just Iowa is having the, the best, worst season. Like, it's absurd, the type of winning that they've been doing. Amen for doing it. They're going to make it to the Big, Big Ten Championship doing it. They're, they're going to lose, but it's, it's probably, it's going to be a much tighter Big Ten Championship game than, than I think anybody's expecting, just because of what type of football they keep consistently playing like that i if i can say anything about iowa it's the consistent they've been consistently themselves this year and man so to give Rutgers, which is not a bad not a terrible squad you know i mean it's not awesome no, but, been good know, this year. Yeah, for yeah. sure and to give them you know give them a goose egg like man iowa just plays their game man yeah here's the funny thing here's what's the most interesting the most interesting thing you can t- we can talk about here Iowa's five five and two in the conference, eight and two overall. They have not locked up an appearance in the Big Ten championship game. Nebraska and who's three and four. Northwestern and Wisconsin are all three and four, but Nebraska plays Iowa head to head. Nebraska wins out, and Nebraska would be playing in the conference championship game. That would be <laughs> that would be huge for Rule and Company. It would be the weirdest thing. Yeah. They would get absolutely Crushed, but uh, they, that's, they got divisions, so that's what they got. I think this is the last year for divisions for them, too. So, mm. um, it is what it is. So, all right, uh, let's see, 
Let's go to New Mexico State University, 38, Western Kentucky, 29. New Mexico State gets their eighth win. They have locked up a spot in the conference championship game as well. They'll play Liberty uh, Friday, December 1st they're, in the Conference USA championship game. And it's going to be – I think they're going to get – they're going to get at just beat, but I, yeah, I think so too. I think Liberty is the better squad, but like, it's going to, I'm just excited to be talking. I can't believe how excited I'm to, I am to be talking about New Mexico state ever in my life. And, and, and now not only are we talking about that, but we're talking about them going to the conference USA championship game. And it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a fun game um, to watch. So I, hopefully they don't look like, I, I shouldn't say, I, I don't know if it's going to be a fun game to watch, but I, I really hope that they don't just get mollywopped and they actually, you know, come to play and, and at least scare Liberty a bit. You know, I hope it's not just a total beating. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably get mollywopped, but that's okay. Yeah, that's true. That's fine. That's big. big yeah, so here's the thing. Year. In your lifetime, New Mexico State has been over 500 three times, four times. Um, and all of them, all of, and, and even though, the, even the times that they have been, they lost five games those years. Uh, this is the best New Mexico State season since 1967. Beautiful. Uh, this, Beautiful. Is a, this is a, just an enormous, enormous year. Like their all time, their uh, 126th of 131 teams all time record. Um, they're one of the worst programs yeah. that there's ever been. New Mexico so, State. Amen. Holy crap. Awesome for them. Yeah, awesome for them. So, uh, okay, let's see. We go to Coastal Carolina. They go to 5 and 2 in the Sun Belt, 7 and 3 with a 31 23 win against a good Texas State team. Texas State's been looking good for themselves. Coastal Carolina's had a nice year, not too much fall off from the loss of their coach. Yeah, I think you're very, you, uh, yeah, I think you're having a great time. You're, you're, could get into, because of the James Madison situation, could get into a championship game, which you got inside of a, as we talked about before, inside of a conference that it's not easy to win um, as a team out here. So, you know, great, honestly, great, great year. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Coastal Carolina be as good as they are. I'm a fan of the Chanticleers. Um, and so, yeah, cool to see them 7-3. And Texas State is, you know, they're not, they're, you know, on the weaker side of the Sun Belt. And I think that they were the lesser team here, but not no schlubs either. So, you know, no, it wasn't like guaranteed for Coastal Carolina to just come in and, and beat down. So, Yeah, Texas State's had a good year. A good year. Coastal Carolina should be better. But Texas State's had a good year. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, Auburn gets their sixth win at Arkansas, 48-10. to 10. The most important thing to know about this game is that one of the freshmen for Arkansas got caught watching the Polar Express movie at halftime. Um, and so there was a big hubbub about that. But Arkansas is just not good. They just they don't have it together. And Auburn's been fine. I mean, it's probably a positive season when you look at it, the fact that they're 6-4. and four. Um, so there we go with Auburn. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they, they, with the coaching change and everything, it's to be six and four. You, you got to be happy. I'm I'm sad for Arkansas. I thought there was moments in the beginning, early season, that I was I was hopeful they were gonna. And honestly, they haven't been. I think I think we've talked about this every time we've talked about Arkansas. They've been they've been their losses have been re- pretty tight throughout the year. Um, so just a little unfortunate the season that they've. They've had only lost, yeah, only lost to Ole Miss by seven, only lost to Alabama by three. Like, you know, they've maybe they even if they even if it didn't really feel like they were in those games to be that close to those teams um, at the times that they were playing, it's unfortunate that we're talking about a 
uh, a, a three-win Arkansas team when they were they they could have potentially snuck one up against the team that they maybe they shouldn't have. And it's a yeah. little unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a big it's a big down year. It's it's not a positive year. They don't have anything positive to take from it. But uh, they they did play games close, and that's just what happens sometimes. So. Yeah. Uh, a couple blowout city games for ranked teams at home. Oregon State beat Stanford sixty-two to seventeen. Georgia beat Ole Miss fifty-two to seventeen. LSU beat Florida fifty-two to thirty-five. Ohio State beat Michigan State thirty-eight to three. Just to, just through the way it's supposed to be. I mean, the fact that Georgia blew out Ole Miss doesn't surprise you at all because I know you think Ole Miss is garbage. But <laughs> yeah. the, the 52 points on anybody for Georgia, kind of a surprise. Good all-around performance. Everything else was good teams beating average to bad teams. Yeah, look, I, I will say I was, I'm always hopeful that Ole Miss will be ass now, but they generally are have been better um, than that. But, yeah, you're. I mean, the Georgia offensive – uh, offensive game that they had was um, the more shocking, I think, uh, of the situation. Just the fact that Georgia put up 52 against an Ole Miss team that is that is, you know, a pretty solid team. I think we can say it this yeah, year. top 10 team. Yeah, for sure. So the fact that Georgia, you know, beat them up this way is more surprising to me. I, I think Georgia is a very good team, but I wasn't expecting this. Um, and they, but really, Georgia's defense shined here. I, we've talked about Jackson Dart for Ole Miss quite a couple, quite a few times. Um, this year, and he was he was lacking in this game. He went 10 for 17, 112 yards passing. There was another guy, Spencer Sanders, who was throwing too. I didn't watch this game. Do you do you know if there was an injury? That's what this looks like. Uh, I didn't Sanders. watch this game either. Oh uh, well, yeah. that's I think that that's what it's looking at. But regardless of of who was throwing the pa- passes around and what they did, they they weren't getting a whole lot of production, and and there's nobody else really on the field. Quinshon um, Quinshon Judkins had 75 yards uh, rushing and two touchdowns, so he was he was the heartbeat, uh, I would say, overall of the team. But yeah, it wasn't it was a, a Georgia game uh, defensively, and then they just decided to turn it on offensively, which at this point in the year against this team is a good thing that to do i'm sure that that's that that they went into the film room the early in the week and and we're happy to see the offense producing yeah for sure um i didn't mention and i meant to oklahoma beat west virginia 59 to 20 at home as well so uh home good teams blow out teams uh blown out decent to bad teams at home good for them uh in the close game category uh two games i want to mention texas 29 tcu 26 tcu boy they had every shot at it they took that thing down to the wire uh but texas held firm and uh uh, i mean texas should feel good because you got to survive games like that um but you you know you got to do it you got to do and North Carolina survived in two overtimes against Duke forty seven to forty five really wanted Duke to win that game just for Duke as much as bad ill will as I have to North Carolina Duke being that close and not getting that win phew, that sucks yeah that's I know that's it's unfortunate and and it's it's funny it's funny because I'm looking at the UNC logo being crying Jordan again, even though they won, but it's just the standalone. Yeah, it's always, it's always crying Jordan. I think that the guy that made it is a, I don't know if he's just a Duke guy or if he's just like crying Jordan. Yeah, but that's um, a pretty hilarious thing. But anyways, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's, it's, uh, I think UNC is, it's, they get to get a win. Two overtimes is huge. Like it sucks the Duke, like you said, it sucks the Duke couldn't get it out. I'm overall just, I mean, Duke's going bowling, which is, they're bowl eligible, which is good. And, 
And but it's just a bit of an unfortunate season for them. But as I've said a couple of times already on about the ACC, like inside of the conference, it, it's it's been a lot of you got to you got to fight to win. Um, you know, outside of being Florida State and Louisville, and even those guys are not you know not out of the woods completely. So um, it's unfortunate the Duke is where they are um, for sure. But yeah, and then other than that, uh, the Ohio State game. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's doing everything. You said earlier that you think yeah. that they could be the number one, and I think a lot of people uh, generally believe that too. But I, I And they did everything that they should. I'm excited about the in a couple of weeks when we get to see them play Michigan. We'll see how that all works out. But, um, you know, that's fine. Oh, yeah, and then the Texas game, that's actually the one I want to talk about. The Texas game, the TCU just showing, I think, just, just coming in. It's not a rivalry. I think we, I don't even think we can even say this is like an in-state rivalry per se i think it's always just kind of been like a just a game on the big 12 calendar but the fact yeah, that just like texas tech or just exactly. like whatever just yeah, a bunch just, of texas teams yeah texas teams from different parts of the state that's effectively two states big anyway so um, it's whatever but texas i think i think if you're a texas fan you're not loving it i talked to my buddy earlier in the weekend he didn't he's not he didn't, he didn't love it but i think you're just happy to keep keep the wins coming and however you get them is how you get them and you don't cry about it no, you, you have to feel that way. You have to feel like sometimes you just get wins. Your backup quarterback situation, they got what they got going on. Like, listen, traveling to Ames, Iowa, to play Iowa State uh, is not going to be easy. Iowa State's become better. Right. They're not great, but they've gotten better. Right. And so you can't, you no joke, you, you can't sleep. Texas Tech won't, shouldn't, shouldn't be a challenge, but could be. Right. So. You know, you, you got to win these close ones. And they had back-to-back because they had that Kansas State game was close and went to overtime as well um, before they had blown out BYU and then had a decent, you know, close-ish win against Houston. Mm-hmm. But they should still win out. I mean, I think they're fine. But, I think so too. You know, but, that's yeah. just one that you could lose. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. They've been shaky enough to these last couple of weeks that it's like uh, anything. Yeah. Uh, bowl eligibility wins for Texas A&M at home against Mississippi State, fifty-one to ten. Iowa State gets bowl eligibility, beating BYU, forty-five to thirteen. Uh, Oregon gets a big win against USC team that's, I mean, just they're just not as good as we thought that they were at the beginning of the year. Mm. They went at home, thirty-six to twenty-seven. USC can always score points, but Oregon is. Oregon's super complete right now and might kind of quietly be the third best team in the country um, as they have. Uh, but um, and, and also, I just want to note, and then you can talk about any of these games you want. Both Fresno and Air Force got their second losses this week. Fresno against San Jose State at home, Air Force against Hawaii at home. And now Air Force doesn't even have a clear path to the conference championship. Yeah, that's Air Force is just having an Okay, I I I'm, what I was going to say is Air Force is having a weird end to the year, but as I as I started to say that my thought went to or they also are kind of having a we, they were kind of having a weird year before this. So should I really be should I really say it's it's a, you know a fall off per se that they've you know had over the course of these last two losses just to lose to Hawaii even though you got to travel and it's a long travel and it's a lot to do you're changing a bunch of time zones all that kind of stuff like it's not easy to travel to Hawaii for anybody um, but you know to lose this game and then just how they lost to Army too it's just a little weird um, overall for Air Force just at this stage but yeah like you said I mean it's not clear anymore that they can just cruise into the Mountain West I mean they're still they're still five and one with UNLV so it's probably how it's going to go, but they're not. I mean, they're they're 
liable to, let's see, who do they have to end the year? Yeah, they got Boise and UNLV. So look, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you could go from winning the, being able to get into the Mountain West Championship to not being able to, and it's going to be UNLV, Fresno State. Uh, Mountain West, so that's unfortunate for Air Force, just because I've I've been it's been cool to to watch them be what they've been this year, but unfortunate they've just kind of I don't know I don't want to I don't want to say they've fallen off because maybe this is what they really what they really were, uh, but you know it's it, we're getting to a weird end for them um, them in the Mountain West. Yeah, statisticians call that regression to the mean. Um, they weren't quite probably as good as they had been at the beginnings. So eventually, you just have to lose to fall back, and sometimes that means you lose against teams you shouldn't lose against. So yeah, happens. Um, and then um, the only other thing is, is to <laughs> I'm just I will, I laugh now anytime I talk about Bo Nix because I'm I'm now become I'm now fully on the camp of how good Oregon is as a total and how good he is yeah. and what the thing is. But I, this still leans to my point about what about what what I have always liked about Oregon and that is Bo Nix and how good he is and I at the beginning of the year I was talking about what I've trash. always liked about Here's Oregon the, come on what, now no, this is what come my, my, on this now. is my point settle down settle down but just give me a second here my 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 long standing point was that my hate was for the team not for Bo Nix I said <laughs> I said that Bo Nix I said that if they do not have Bo Nix then what is Oregon and that's what I was always worried about that if he goes away for something injury or whatever then Oregon and falls off and that's what i that's what i'm saying sorry for you know for my earlier comments like that's what i'm saying but it wasn't my hate wasn't for bo nix it was for oregon but bo nix passed his face off this year i mean he passed his face off in this game he went he had 412 yards passing four touchdowns he went 23 for 31 so just like almost the perfect like quarterback football game he's just doing everything he can and then bucky irving in the backfield um, he had a pass, actually. He did have a one pass. He didn't complete it, but that's interesting. And then I uh, had 119 yards rushing on 19 carries. And then Troy, Flank, Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson, um, both big receiving games, 147 yards receiving for Troy Franklin. And then Tez Johnson had 126 yards for receiving. So Oregon's really completing teams. I, you know, I can, I can, I can bite my tongue about all the trash that I talked earlier, but I did believe in Bo Nix. But the interesting, the other thing is how the I'm I'm very interested to see how the Heisman is going to work out this year. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, definitive um, by any means on who's going to get it. But look, Bo Nix is really putting together a, a tape to get this thing done now. Yeah, it's it's the Heisman has been really interesting. Um, I, because um, just quick because we could talk about the Heisman I, for right, twelve for sure. hours for sure. Yeah. The deal is that Jaden Daniels has probably been the best performing player in the country right now. He's hurt by the fact that LSU has lost as many games as they've lost. Yeah. And you just kind of have to win to be to get the Heisman Trophy. Um, be, so Bo Nix is in that situation where he's looked really good and the team has looked really good. Uh, Penix Jr. has had a couple slip fall-off games. Just a few games that have just slipped through the track, the cracks a bit. Um, but it's still Oregon or Washington wins out. Their their quarterback probably wins the Heisman. I think is what we're. Doing. Uh, I th- I, I think so. I think so too. I think you're right. The winning yeah. is the big uh, is the big underlie for there. All right, let's uh, let's knock out some Week Twelve games real quick. Um, in a game that's already happened, Pitt beat Boston College tonight, twenty four to sixteen. Um, only worth a note because Pitt's 
it's been bad this year and that I have it. I had it on television. Um, UTSA uh, at home against South Florida. UTSA is a 16-point favorite at home against a 5-5 five five South Florida team. Uh, that's just worth a note there. Uh, let's see. Coastal uh, Carolina travels to Army. Coastal Carolina is a three and a half point favorite. That's that's. I mean, you got to do the travel, which which is not a terrible travel day for you. Just going up to up to New York and Army is Army is getting better, but three and a half points yeah. from Coastal. Like I, I could see Coastal getting three. Yeah, this is a comfy one. I like I like them. I like them to to cover this. I could see them winning by a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Louisville travels to Miami of Florida. That is a pick'em game. That's an, uh, which I'm super shocked about. Yeah, that's I, that that is scary because Vegas knows clearly knows something that yep. we don't or I don't, and so that's very interesting. I I'm I would definitely pick Louisville. So I love that it's this. Yeah, and I so think if I. you can find if you can find it at a pick'em, like please, I snag Louisville because Miami's okay, but with a hurt potentially hurt Tyler Van Dyke and just their showing, I can't imagine Louisville losing this game. Well, Tyler Van Dyke was was benched a few times, so I don't. I think that maybe they think that the backup was a little bit better than Tyler Van Dyke anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still interesting. Yeah, I think if you get this at anything anything lower than three, pick. Pick the team you think you're gonna, is going to win, and you'll probably be fine. So uh, Michigan travels to Maryland. Michigan's a 19-point favorite. That's that's a lot, uh, but they can do it at this point. I think that it's I, I would stay away from any from that huge number, but uh, Michigan's the team to do it. They probably they're. I don't think Maryland's going to score more than ten on them. So yeah. Uh, in the 20-plus favorite area, Oklahoma on the road against BYU is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, and Penn State at home against Rutgers is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. At the Penn State game, I don't I don't think they cover that. I think Rutgers has – and the, especially the points, Yeah, man. for Penn State's offense and what they got, that's a lot of points. I think I like Rutgers to cover that. I don't know if they win, but I think uh, they can cover that. Probably the best game in that 11 a.m. Saturday block. SMU at Memphis. SMU is an eight and a half point favorite. That's just gonna. I don't know what's gonna happen. I could see Memphis winning this game, um, but I think SMU has what it takes to to get to get things done here. But you said earlier, like Memphis is dangerous, so I wouldn't bet on this. Plus eight is that's a lot of points for this game. I I wouldn't bet, but I'm excited to watch it. I think if SMU wins, they cover easy. But I just don't know that I know that they're going to win. Yeah. So, uh, In a big conference game, James Madison is at home against App State, where James Madison is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. That's going to be a big one to determine who who that's not James Madison gets to play in the conference title. Yeah, watch. And it's going to be a great – this is going to be a good game. I think they, they cover that too, just of how they've been. But App State's kind of growing, as we talked about earlier. So yeah. it could happen. But it's going to be fun. Watch something about football. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Utah at Arizona. That game is a pick'em, oh, yeah. uh, and pick probably em. rightfully so. It's a pick'em, and it should be a good game. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going. I'll be down there in Arizona Stadium watching live. I'm excited about it. Oh, nice. Uh, the game that I will be at watching live is UTEP at Middle Tennessee, uh, where Middle Tennessee is a seven and a half point favorite. And I'm going to head over to Murfreesboro on Saturday and check that game out. I, de- I decided to be the only human being in the country that isn't affiliated with UTEP to go to two of their road games. <laughs> 
this year. Yeah, yeah. So you, I'm gonna wear that as a badge of honor. That's, that is a very interesting hat to hat to wear. That is a very interesting. I just hat won the wear. national championship with him in NCAA 14 <laughs> as well. So I'm really leaning Locked in, in on UTEP. to UTEP. Let's go. Leaning in. Let's go. Leaning into UTEP. So there we go. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Another interesting game. Texas State at Arkansas State. It's a three-and-a-half-point game at the, two, at the 2 p.m. window. Texas State's good. Arkansas State's better than they thought we were good. At the beginning of the season, that Butch Jones-Arkansas State team got blown out by Oklahoma. And I thought, oh, they're going to be bad. And turns out, they kind of figured it out. Yeah, yeah. They're on the uh, on the weaker side. Both these teams on the weaker side of the Sun Belt. But I think Texas State... A three and a half. I would love if this game is a three. I would, I would take it um, because I think that that's. Probably I wouldn't. What, I'm scared as hell of this game. I, I think you're Ooh. right. I think you're right. But if it was at three, that I could see Texas State winning that by a touchdown. So you at least push. But three and a half is like that's too much. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know. I just don't know enough about what Arkansas State has done right. to figure it out. Right. And so, ooh, scary. Uh, Iowa is a three-point favorite at home against Illinois. Um, what a weird, crappy game. That's a 32-point spread. Just Every spread, every <laughs> every over-under is garbage for Iowa. It's just the worst. Uh, I could see this game being being 20-22-7 and them still getting the under there and, and winning. Yeah. I could definitely see it. Like, they're going to grind Illinois down, so a three points, is, yeah. it's over. That's all right. But I, I do I like that under, though. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against NC State. Virginia Tech has had a nice back half of the season after we thought that they were kind of going to be left for dead. A really positive year as a rebuild for Virginia Tech and a home favorite against NC State. NC State's a good defensive football team and a good team overall, so nice work. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I got... I'm surprised a little bit, but uh, but look, hey, you're, you're, you can build. That's I, I I love to see a team like get better. I'm I'm salty about it sometimes yeah. when it when it's Utah that I'm referring to, but in general, sure. I like to see you know you, you see a team that really like figured it out, got you know did did the work over the course of the year and really brought together a season. Um, that's pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, shout out to NC State doing things. Yeah. Agreed. In rivalry games, UCLA at USC, where USC is a six and a half point favorite. USC has fallen far, and if they lose this UCLA game, it's gonna get noisy at you. Like at, at first, it was just like, okay, their defense is bad, but hey, their offense is pretty good. And if they lose three games, it's fine. If they lose five games this year, people are going. People's heads are gonna fly off their shoulders. Yeah, it's not. I, I think. I, I think that the defense being so bad is is enough for them to for people to say, all right, look, you you, you still had Caleb Williams, you still produced offensively. We don't. It's not awesome. We didn't want to be five losses. We were ranked early. Like this is crazy. But I think that they're bought into this experience. I think that they they believe that they can be the Oklahoma version of they can be the the Lincoln Riley Oklahoma of the Pac twelve. Well they're going into the they're going into the Big Ten next Big year. 10, and yeah. so it's gonna be it's not gonna their lives aren't gonna get easier by any means. But I think he's gonna get it not a pass, but it's gonna be like uh, all right, uh, well it's fine, but you better get it all together. And that's unfortunate because he's gonna go into a conference that it's not gonna get easier to get uh, to get things all together. So yeah, you can't yeah, to lose I don't the know. yeah to lose uh, the other 
another LA game. You're, you're losing yeah, to your. LA's I don't know. I brother. think lose to UCLA, Ooh, get your that's, fifth loss against USA at home. Yeah, I think that's no. Ju- I think that's going to be. That's going to be. I think there's going to be hellfire and brimstone. I think you're right. I have to ask Herb after that game happens what he thinks because I know he'll be mad. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. But I think Cam, I think six and a half. I think Cam Williams, I think they're going to score a lot of points. I don't – Chip Kelly's – it's really sad to me that he just hasn't been himself, you know, in this new in this new time that he's been in, in college football at UCLA, and, and it's unfortunate. But I, I just don't think that his teams, this team particularly, has got enough to handle Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams is a freak enough that they're going to get it – they're going to get it done. It's going to be – it's going to be ugly, but they're going to get a lot of points, I think. Yeah, UCLA is the second best defensive team in the conference, and by quite a bit. They're top 10 in defensive EPA, uh, but they're 92nd in offense, and so that's why USC should win. Um, And so that's why I think people would be very frustrated if they can't can't put it together. So, Uh, all right, in a a kind of big game, one of the bigger games that Georgia's faced there, Georgia on the road at Tennessee, where Georgia's a 10-point favorite. Yeah, I don't. I mean, with how they looked last week, their their offense. I, maybe it was just that day, you know. And both teams looked like ass. Or but Georgia looked really good, and Tennessee looked like ass. Right, so yeah. If you look at last week, you think, oh yeah, Georgia wins this by twenty one. Right, right. And so I, I, I regardless, Georgia wins. I don't, I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, even in Knoxville, it's not. I mean, Nayland, Nayland is is going to have a hundred thousand plus screaming at you, but I don't. It's yeah. not going to be enough. I think to to. To yeah. get a, make a difference, Georgia's going to do yeah. what they want. They're not as good. Right. I mean, that's the bottom that's line. The Tennessee's not sure. as good as Georgia. Sure. So. But ten points yeah, is a lot of points. I don't know. Uh, Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite at home against North Carolina. That's I don't care who wins that game. I don't either, but it's um, an interesting line. It's it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a good. It'll be a good game at the two thirty period. For turn sure, on. for sure, yeah, it's a good game there. But the better game that you should turn on is UNLV at Air Force, where yeah. Air Force is a three point favorite. I think it's supposed to snow in Colorado Springs, so that will make it even more interesting. Yeah, that would be that would be so to to effectively we're we're effectively having a, a Mountain West Conference Championship um, semifinal right now. Yeah, some eliminators. Uh, yeah, yep. you know, so like and, and for that to be a snow game, I mean, it works heavily in Air Force's favor because um, they can just be running that ball into the snow as much as they want to. But man, I would. I would. Uh, I just hope it's tight. I'm excited to watch it. This is going to be, yeah, better. Definitely a better watch than the North Carolina Clemson oh. game. No, I was mistaken. No snow. It shouldn't even rain. It'll uh, just be. It'll actually be super nice. The weather will be super great. Uh, it's actually way. better. It means it'll be a well played game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Notre Dame is Notre Dame is a 24 and a half point favorite at home against Wake Forest. Ohio State's a 27 and a half point favorite at home against Minnesota. Auburn is a 24 and a half point favorite at home against New Mexico State. I just think those were an interesting set of 20 plus yeah. point favorites. All three of those lines are too high. I want to. I think I'm going to. I'm so happy that you combined them because I think that's the three team parlay right there. I got. I got. Yeah, I might, got ten uh, bucks on that one for sure. Like I'm not. You know, I'm not getting. I don't know crazy, about Minnesota. Like, I could see Ohio State beating Minnesota 38 to 10 or something. Maybe. Yeah. But I. I, I mean. I guess Auburn's getting better, and they're you know as much as I think Hugh Freeze is a garbage person, he's a good coach. So, yeah. Uh, fine. And Notre Dame's Notre Dame is actually their offensive defensive profile is really good, so they should blow Wake out with way Blake is Wake is now. But yes, if all of those were under, I would be so unshocked. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Uh, Oregon is a 24-point favorite on the road against Arizona State. Oklahoma State is a 6.5-point favorite on the road against Houston. Oklahoma State can't look like Oklahoma State did at the bounce house, though. They better no, figure that I, shit out. I think I think UCF is probably better than Houston. Uh, and yes, so, I think they are, too. And so, yeah. yeah, I think Oklahoma State. But look, Gundy, like, like Gundy could just go... Yeah, I'm not gonna get fired, so let's just get in. Let's get in, get out. Yeah. And we'll do with it, it, whatever. It is whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, I should talk about these games for bowl eligibility. Marshall at South Alabama. South Alabama is a ten and a half point favorite. UCF at Texas Tech, where Texas Tech is a two and a half point favorite. Boise State at Utah State, where Boise State is a three and a half point favorite. And Nebraska at Wisconsin, where Wisconsin is a five and a half point favorite, and all of those games winner becomes bowl eligible. Yeah, and and I think all of those games are going to be pretty tight. I'm excited about the. I think uh, they will be too. I think the Marshall USA game is going to be fun. I'm also excited to watch the Nebraska Wisconsin because I do think that they're relatively yeah. even evenly matched at this point. I, I think so too. Um, Boise yeah. State Utah State's kind of kind of whatever. It's a pretty. It's about as middle of the road. Mountain Wash as you can have, but I'm I'm just a I'm just sure. a fan of them Aggies, so it'd be nice to see them get a win at home against against Boise State. Um, but it's gonna uh, like it's a good that's a good run of games in the mid you know in the going into the evening you know that's a great that's a great yeah. shot. So I'm yeah, good run games. Yep, uh, Missouri is an 11 point favorite at home against Florida, uh, and a big rivalry game. Kansas State is a nine and a half point favorite on the road against Kansas. Uh, they should win, but it's fun to see two uh, this game with both teams being ranked. You don't get to see that very often. Yeah, really. Like, in, there's not, and, and you know, even in even in basketball, you don't you don't see both these teams yeah. really play each other. Both ranked. You know, usually Kansas is much higher, and then it's got a much lower number when it comes into basketball. But still, it's like to see a 21 ranked Kansas State against a 25 ranked Kansas is just fun football. Plus, you're going to get yeah. some there's some rivalry nonsense, just some in state nonsense. Oh yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm excited about that game. I think Kansas State's going to get it done, though. Yeah, I missed mentioning in our battle for bowl eligibility, Syracuse travels to Georgia Tech, where Georgia Tech is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Winner of that game gets bowl eligibility as well. Uh, The game that should be the game of the week, but there's a little bit of weird politics stuff happening at the same time. So I think that I believe that uh, game day is at – is at James Madison instead, which is a good place for them to go. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's super James cool. Madison. But the game they really should be at if this was a normal year is Washington at Oregon State, where Oregon State is currently a one-point favorite at home in Corvallis in what will be a blood, sweat, and tears battle royale match. Oregon State and Washington State are going to be out for blood. Now, Washington State's just not that good this year, so I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Oregon State is good. They're at home. The stadium is going to be rabid. And this is going to be a huge game at the 630 hour. Yeah, I think I this is just, this is one of those games where we get to really, I think Washington, luckily for Washington, they've had a bunch of games this year that we've been able to understand what they are. Um, them playing last week is, is a great example um, of that. But this is just another test of like, man, if, if Washington can get this one done, like, I, you know, it puts them much higher up on my list of, of things they can do. How how they how they win and all that. I'm, yeah, Corvallis is going to be rocking. They I, Oregon State 
is always, you know, or not always, but, you know, for the last, for the last 10 to 15 years has been the real little, you know, the little brother in the state of Oregon. You can feel it. I love traveling up there and you can just see it in the state. You see Oregon O's on every car, on every stroller, on every, everywhere there's an Oregon O and you just don't see that beaver that much. And, and so, but the people who rock Oregon State really rock with Oregon State. So you got a good, a really good Oregon State team with a, with a quarterback that can, you know, running away from, from Dabo's ridiculousness and he's really been playing playing himself this year if they if they knock off Washington at home that stadium is going to fall over there's the 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 field goal posts are coming down it's going to get rowdy oh yeah oh yeah huge huge and Oregon State is 16 and 1 at home since the start of the 2021 season so it's not it's not a fun place to play no uh so that's going to be a big one uh last game really worth mentioning is that Texas at uh, Iowa State game. Texas, I believe, is a seven and a half point favorite. Yep. I lost. Yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half point favorite, uh, which is interesting. That's just again speaks to how well Iowa State has recovered, especially with the gambling allegations and all this other stuff. It's a no joker. That's a, a Iowa State is a mini Iowa. They could snuff you out. They could just put the blanket mm. over your head, put you to sleep. So Texas can't be sleeping. No, no, and I think and uh, yeah, they they just gotta. Texas needs to win it however they can win it. If it's a point or if it's seven, yep. it doesn't matter. They just got to get it done and then keep this train, keep this gravy boat going. But it's not going to be – if they, you know, to, to skate past TCU last week, you might have to do some more skating against against the Hawkeyes. It's not going to be easy. Yep. Skating's in play. Skating's in play. All right. Uh, we didn't go over the uh, playoff rankings. I'm just going to go through the playoff ranking top 10 this week because it's really what's important And, and as we're getting through it. Uh, your top 10 in the playoff rankings was Georgia 1, Ohio State 2. Those teams flip-flopped. I think Georgia's win is probably a little bit more impressive than Ohio State. So, uh, fine. Uh, Michigan 3, Florida State 4, Washington 5, Oregon 6, Texas 7, Alabama 8, Missouri 9, Louisville 10. All of those teams, I think except for Missouri, have a, an opportunity to play in the uh, championship game yeah. or in the CFP ch- uh, tournament. Yeah, which is which is just such an interesting mix-up. It's it's unfortunate um, about I think I think Washington and Oregon are are the well maybe Washington and Oregon and then well, the Ohio State Michigan situation is is very fluid and weird just because they're going to play each other and then the Big Ten championship happens. But I think I think Washington and Oregon could knock each other essentially out or you know have the bid if Oregon beats them you know beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game if that's how all of that works out. Um, I mean Washington doesn't have an easy schedule to finish things off and uh, Oregon won't either. So it's unfortunate that maybe, you know, the Pac-12 could knock themselves out of contention for it. But everybody else seems fine. Alabama is so scary, man. They're just freaking – they're very scary. And then all of a sudden they could have the change. And I think Louisville is, is the other one that's doing that same thing where all of a sudden they, they go in, they beat Florida State in the ACC, and then and then we're talking about a – we're talking about a, a Louisville-Georgia against Alabama – a Michigan or Ohio State playoff situation, which is just like yeah, both irritating and amazing to think that that's how the season could end. Yeah, what would be really interesting is if we had both Ohio State and Michigan both end up with a loss, one of them making it to the championship game and then losing, one of them not. 
you have Florida State. Let's just say they went out. Then you have Oregon beat Washington, and neither team has another loss. Uh, and then even if you throw in Alabama beating Georgia, like you've got a bunch of one-loss teams, and you got to pick four of them, or you're going to have that net number four spot's going to be tricky, and somebody's going to be unhappy unless Washington wins and beats Oregon. Then you have, and everybody else wins out. You have Georgia, you have whatever team is better out of Ohio State, Michigan. You have Florida State, and then you have Oregon. Um, I think you do that just fine, and nobody would be super upset about it. But anything else, any other mixture, is going to make somebody really upset. At first, so. yeah, for sure. That's pretty but crazy. we still got two weeks to go until we get to theirs. So uh, as sad as it is, it's also really interesting. Playoff's going to be interesting. Um, I'm excited for the home stretch. Yep, me too. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you guys.